Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There we go. Hi. Hey. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to There Will Be Dungeons. Uh, something looked like it was frozen for a second, but it turns out everything's fine now. Uh, hey, welcome back to the show. We're doing D&D tonight, and we're glad to have you all here uh, joining me today. Of course, we got John, we have Kyle, we have Kristen, and Bo returning Woo! for his second in a row spot as uh, a really annoying tiny reporter from uh, some newspaper, uh, if you remember from last week. So let's see what kind of trouble he gets us in today. As we venture forth together uh, into the great unknown. Uh, so that's all coming up. Don't uh, forget, you can hop over to our friends at phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD and check out all of the rad, awesome uh, teas that are built around our show. And uh, you might want to pick one up. They're amazing. You want some that'll help you sleep, wake you up, everything in between. They're all right there. All right. That's uh, it, I believe. Let's throw it to Kyle now, who will bring us up to current on what happened last time on There Will Be Dungeons. Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, one Dumbledwork of Raisinbunch investigated the crew and the goings-on around Atomer. He was put together a special report for the Daily Quest. He even gathered and perhaps stole or pilfered a warlock's tome from Cassius's office. But that's for another big report, an expose to come out in that paper another day. For he also gained the license to enter Dungeon C4, which has claimed six adventurer lives so far. In a sort of uh, uh, show of community and gratitude for the Delvers, our team of adventurers, the guild has decided to let them investigate Dungeon C4 and perhaps clear it for the good of all the adventuring parties in Atomer. Now, of course, our city is overrun with adventurers. A veritable gold rush has descended on the town as a huge mega dungeon with many, many wings has opened up under the city. Each one has been labeled. Dungeon C4, of course, is next to C3 and C5. Letters going down as we go. Dungeons A through B were all pretty tame. Some monsters, some gricks, some dark mantles, and the adventurers emerged a little richer, maybe with some specialty items as well. This has led to a a cash boom in the town as shops have set up. Multiple shops from the kingdom have moved in, displacing some of the local stores as well. Dumbledwark has put together... The, paper, the essential paperwork, though, and gotten the darkest delvers in. 
There was a brief inspection where they had to prove that they had a magical item of at least plus one or equivalent in order to damage some of the creatures that were below the ground. After a brief weapon inspection, they were submitted to a sight test. This was looking for dark vision or at the very least some sort of lighting instrument that they could use in their travels underground. The fee was covered by the daily quest, however, for your entry into the dungeon zone, which takes up the whole of the financial district overrun with monsters. You all have gathered outside. You have your essential paperwork. You're all done for the day. You hear in the background the stage going, once again, advertising the riches and the abundance of XP available below as more and more adventurers make their way into the city every day. The four of you all together are grouped and about to enter. When you see a satyr, one you know as Clipper, waving a piece of paper in the air. And he goes, Essential translations! Essential translations! Don't be caught without them! Essential translations! Uh, uh, what kind do you have? Well, we got... Hey, it's my friend, Mr. Splendorbelt. Good to see you. Yes. We hope we can uh, employ you on that mission we were talking about so long ago. Oh, uh, yes. It's very nice to see you, but uh, I have a feeling that uh, we need to have whatever it is you carry so we can go and talk to things that we normally can't talk to. Yeah, don't be relying on somebody's knowledge of the elven language, particularly something this old. What I got here, specially translated, is a ancient elvish script for your needs in the dungeon. 100 gold pieces. Uh, I will split the cost if everyone else uh, wants this. Uh, I'm going to step forward and in Thieves Can't give kind of a little look to the side and and essentially ask if, if this is on the up and up and, and say, hey, are we running some heavy pockets with this? Hey, our brother Ko, hey, it's good to see you out here. Listen, and this is all in very, you know, kind of innuendo and jargon in the background, translated for the roguish years. Now, what we got here is legit. Granted, you know, not everything is a perfect translation. Letters to letters don't always make the most sense. However, we're trying to run a legitimate business here after you informed us that some things might be going down if we were to continue pursuing our current line of work. I... I understand that, but um, how legitimate? How, how legitimate? We got this. We got this from uh, the, the tiefling. We got into her book, see? She was walking home. We borrowed the book. We put it right back the next day. It was no problem. All right, and I'll look to the party and say, it seems like a decent enough investment. Uh, of course... You know, given our history together, you think you could give us a little bit of a discount on that, right? And for you, for you, I'll do, I'll do 50 gold pieces. What oh, about, you got 50 gold pieces, right? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Isn't this the translation we already heard? Eh, uh, I don't know. Is it just his list of names? I'll look, we'll look to him and assume he heard the question and expect an answer. What a list of names. This is the letters for letters. And he gives you a little and kind of, you know, flashes it at you like you would your FBI badge in X-Files. Listen, listen, see? A, symbol. 
be simple. Huh? Full translation. Eh, this was too quick of a move. I don't think I trust these. Forget. All right. Rely on your own. Carry. Rely on your own skills then down there. Um, adventurers, if I may speak up for one second, I can comprehend languages. So if you need some assistance with Elvin, I've got you covered. Well, friend, this isn't regular Elvin. This is an ancient Elvin. Are you uh, familiar with that? Um, let me consult my manual and I'll take out my spell manual. And um, it tells me that I can understand the literal meaning of any spoken language I hear and understand any written language that I see. Okay, perfect. Um, uh, Mr. One-Shot, I can understand literally any language in existence as well as read it. It has limited uses, but I don't think we'll be conducting a speaking program uh, or a performance, speaking performance uh, in Elvin, so we should be covered. I mean, it's cheaper. I think we, I think we go with the halfling. All, all right, all right. I'm just saying, I'm familiar with your spell, and you got to be touching the surface. I mean, what if there's like a trap, and you got to read it across the room? Then we you know? disarm the trap and we go across the room. All right, be be my guest. It's your dungeon. Good luck to you down yeah. there. Yeah, I guess it is our dungeon. <laughs> yeah. And you guys walk on by, and you enter the doors, and you show your paperwork at the front. There's a bit of a kerfuffle as they notice that Co is a satyr, and there's a rule about Sylvan's not allowed in, but Dumbledore of Raisinbunch took care of all this paperwork and was, was there to reassure the guild employees that Co has special defenses against this sort of thing. You enter into the financial district, which is in shambles. Everything is completely overrun and destroyed. You see old grimy egg sacks, like like an old, like dusty haunted house kind of style hanging from just about every corner of every single building. You see some lower league adventurers running in and they kind of giggle to themselves, look around excitedly as they just enter the gates, like they just entered a playhouse or some sort of, you know, McDonald's fun area. And they look around and they kind of, ah, they, they point and they run off in one direction into the city area, pursuing some sturges that have taken up Neston zone. But you are directed to the primary dungeon entrance, which takes you over to the governor's ballroom. You head in. The windows are now all broken. Everything's in shambles. The many tables that you deposited into the surrounding holes still are there, though some flooring and sort of boards have been placed over them. But the primary big hole that the roper came out of that very night of the bronze ball has been excavated. And inside there is a staircase heading down. As you look up, you see all around that that beautiful glass ceiling that you had, the dome structure, all over it has been placed mirrors, angling the sun in at different angles, trying to catch it at every time of day. And it shoots a great shaft of light down into the hole. As you descend down the stairs, there's more mirrors that bounce the light around the surrounding walls and shoot it down the tunnel directly. You walk for a short time, you pass... Uh, a label up on the wall hammered in with kind of a mason's heavy sort of uh, iron nail into the stone A1 
A2 and all these various wings and dungeons that have been excavated. And many of them are marked that they're already cleared, almost looking like um, almost looking like realtors marking if something is sold, pending and all that sort of thing. You continue down the tunnels for a bit and they wind back and forth until eventually you reach a big circle of mirrors that is catching the light that's been shooting down the shaft and it angles it downward into a great big hole. As you stand there for a moment, you hear the ticking and clinking of chains as a lift is brought up to you. There's one man standing here at the lift and he's collecting passes and coinage. It's Gruber Lifton, and he says, Come one, come all! Welcome, welcome to the Gruber Lift. Designed to take you to the very deepest parts of the dungeon, we've so far reached the ease. More dangerous the further you go. To which do I owe the pleasure of this adventuring party? Where shall I descend you to? Dumbledore Raisin Bunch of Raisin Bunch. A pleasure, good Down sir. Here. Might I see your pass for the day? Do I have a pass? Yeah. I yep, you've been given all the appropriate paperwork. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I show my pass. He flips it up into the air, kind of holds it between two fingers. Oh, oh dear me. Dungeon C4. An adventure awaits you this day. Such are the perils of Dungeon C4 that I have heard that claim the life of the fearless feudalist, shepherd, ibis, voodoo, zigzag, and the iron monkey. So I've heard, yes. Prepare yourself for adventure, my friends. On to the Gruber lift you go, and I shall descend you thusly to dungeon level C. Is everyone ready to go? Yes. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah, it's been a while. It descends you down slowly and you pass Dungeons B and eventually stop with a little shake at Dungeon C. You see a couple Silver Leagues walking about. They all have their kite, uh, kite shield shaped badges on their chest and many of them have decorated them over their time. That's something for you to decide. If you remember, it was brought up that you can decorate your badge however you want. Mm. Some of them have put little symbols upon them. You pass a guy who has put a little kind of tiki symbol upon his, trying to look for some fame and perhaps build a rapport with those who pass, recognize his badge as they go. You pass by a couple. Most of them seem pretty giddy. In general, having a pretty good day. Some of them are counting their loot from their morning adventures. But as you round past C2, C3 and eventually make your way to Dungeon C4. It says, Warning, extremely dangerous by license only. As you approach the primary stone door of the area, there's a great handprint in the center. This stone door seems to be of construction after the fact. Around all the adventurers, the dungeon adventurers at C5 kind of look around the corner and begin whispering to themselves as you stand outside dungeon C4. Greenkeeper, Greenkeeper will turn and go, yeah, we're going in. We'll see ya. Do you have any questions? They all look amongst themselves back and forth and they all kind of go back to their business wondering who this party is that would chance themselves in Dungeon C4. But as you approach the door, very much like the previous doors that you have encountered below ground, there's a small button to your left. 
Are we ready? Mm. Are we sure we know where that button goes or what it does? Grid Keeper's halfway there. Yep. All Push right. it. Go. Grid Keeper it. hits it. And of course, on your map here, feel free to move your tokens to the various rooms to note yourself where you might be at a given time. You enter a small, small little room. I mean, not, I guess not terribly small. 15 by 20. And in the center is a large uh, cylinder about the size of a barrel coming up. And in the center, a massive press or button type thing. Maybe an idol would look good on top of that. And across the far wall, you see a massive stone door. You can tell by kind of the etches around the side and the little kind of ledge underneath. This is all roughly worked, but has that craftsman feel, all very intentional. And over that great stone door on the far side of 15 feet wide, you see words of the language that you've seen many times before, but have always had difficulty translating as the Elvish belongs to one Grinkeeper. Ominous room, yes. What does it say? Well, translator, translate. That Dumbledore blinks, not doing, you know. It doesn't, it, it hasn't been addressed properly, so he just kind of blinks like. How <laughs> <laughs> would he like to be addressed? He's also eating breakfast still, too. He's got like a sandwich in his mouth, and so he's 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 kind of been watching, he's been taking notes, and you say translate or translate, but it doesn't click that he's your translator, so he doesn't do anything. In that moment, Grinkeeper's going to squint her eyes and try really, really, really hard. <laughs> All right, Grinkeeper, make your history check to remember your many schoolings. Not too bad this time, a 16. With a 16, you start having at it. It's a little rough, of course. It's more of like a, you know, the dog <laughs> kind of go. But you start making your way through it. Only the crystal will grant your freedom. Whoa. Anyone got a crystal? Uh, nope. Oh, well, I have many crystals, but they're for photographicals, actually. I have nothing that is like crystal. Do you need one? I mean, I'm not sure. This dungeon certainly didn't get its reputation because nobody could get inside, so there has to be some way to make this work. Wait, only the crystal will set you free? Cause... Only the crystal will grant your freedom. Grant your freedom. So what does it say, Evelyn? Uh, she'll read aloud. Only the pistol, crystal can pan, no, grant your keydom. Freedom. Freedom. Ah, so it is a riddle. Oh. Yes? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go look around the room. And Grinkeeper will start walking around looking for things that she might be able to smash open. Uh, so there are no there are no exits to, the, to this room that I can see, Kyle. There's the door you came in through, and then clearly a 15 foot wide stone door on the far side, but otherwise no additional tunnels or anything. I was gonna go check out the big door at the end. Okay, 
Investigation checks for anybody investigating. I'm observing the part. My default stance is to observe the party and make notes. Okay. So, yeah. A 12 for my investigation. Seven. Mine didn't work. Hold on. <laughs> let me refresh. Well, I'm refreshing. Time to go to the doctor. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, let me try it again. I had to refresh. Oh, worked that time. Uh, five. Not good. Double Dwarf of Raisin Bunge sits and um, takes notes, watching you all. And perhaps in watching you, you all become a little bit nervous. And you look around. Uh, with a five Splendor Belt, you feel yourself intensely viewed and begin to want to clean up or something. <laughs> okay. You're not really, you, you want to look busy. You're not really sure what everyone's looking for, so you kind of pick up the dust between your fingers and, mmm. All right. Listen to it a little bit. Mm. <laughs> All right. Co, you get down on your hands and feet. You're kind of looking at the crack underneath. It seems uh, kind of around the side that it's mechanized in some way. You've been in these sort of dungeons before and everything kind of works beneath the stone. The peak of the Fire Mountain where you fought the dragon would be the only place, or Dragon Mountain, would be the only place where you really saw the gears that are working behind the scenes. So this door probably lifts by some sort of mechanism. Evelyn? You distract Ko from his work and make it harder for him to even think Wait, in the first place. Did you see anything? I, you... I'm looking at... I'm just trying to see right now. Yeah, actually. should I try and lift the door? I'm going to try and lift the door. Sure. What? Why not? I don't know if it's going to work, but, you know, you, your strength surprises. Mm. All right. Athletics check. This gets my attention. It's a feat of heroics. It's very interesting. 17. 17. You, you get down on all fours. You know, you, you squat real good. You kind of force your, your armored, uh, your gauntleted fingers underneath there and start giving a little lift. And you even kind of get it a little bit. You get it about two inches off the ground. It's heavy. I'm putting it down. Good effort. Good effort. Well done. <laughs> Thanks. Can I help her? Yeah, you can go aid her. I'm going to aid her. Let's give it a second shot. All right. You, are you trained in athletics? Uh, I have a little bit of athletics. I'm plus three. So I'm, I'm okay. Okay. All right. So the two of you roll at the same time then. All right. Here we go. Uh, 12. Not not awesome. And 11. jeez. Oh, <laughs> it's kind of like lifting a couch very poorly. One of you sort of get a centimeter off one side and the door kind of to the side, making the other side a little heavier. So the two sides kind of seesaw back and forth. <laughs> and in general, Shock go nowhere. Great. Shockingly, you did worse with his help, Evelyn. And this is uh, not that uncommon. How is that possible? He's fine. It's not my fault. Not keep messing with dust on my hands. Well, it seems like this is clearly meant to be opened mechanically, and Ko's going to go check out the, the center pedestal. About three feet high, there's this cylindrical bit of stone, and in the center of it, a foot-wide, large platform. One might even call it a button. Oh, a button. A button uh, eh? I got 26 on an investigation check. Uh, I don't know if that gets me any more information than what I was just told, but... Looking at it closely, you see that at the center is a sort of uh, 
metal bit, almost like um, almost like a washer by by modern terms, that has been affixed into the center of the stone. Hmm. Like a ring. Uh, a circle, not hollow. You know, no hole in the center, just a circle of metal. Okay. So a foot wide platform, and in the center, about a three inch wide piece of metal. Did the heart blade of Loran have crystals in it? The heart blade of Loran had diamonds in the heart uh, hilt part of it. Um, it looks more. like a place for a crystal. Okay. Does anybody have any crystals, though? I've got tons of crystals. They're for photographicals. Would you like one? Sure. All right. So I uh, put down my duffel bag, and I go rifling through my duffel bag. I take out a sandwich to eat. And then um, I, I take one of the crystals out. They sort of, you know, they're about fists. They're about fist size, like, you know, maybe not fist size. You're they, a little in fist. a halfling fist. They yeah. fist. They fit in a halfling fist. Yeah. And I walk up to Ko and I, I raise it up and go, "Hey, please be careful with it. I like it back. They're expensive." Okay, Ko uh, sets it down in the middle of the dais, not exactly carefully, but he didn't slam. <laughs> As you go to set it down and your hand is kind of gathered around the base of the crystal, you touch the metal piece with your hand and the thing kind of goes a little bit, even without the crystal touching it. All right. Seeing that this one's going to require a little more thinking, I take out a cigar and I sit on my duffel bag and I start smoking. <laughs> the small Ko's chamber gonna... begins to stink of tobacco. Great. Ko's going to just push on it. You know, it was described as a button. He's going to push on it like a button. You put aside the crystal for a moment and push it down, and it and it starts to give and go. Is there any impact on the rest of the room? Seemingly looking around, no. But you haven't reached the basin, the sort of base that it's sitting on. All right, well, let's keep going. You push it all the way down, and with a great kunk, it clicks if down final. Behind you, a great door. 15 feet wide, closes slowly as the other one opens, and the two counterweighting each other uh, lift up. Now behind you, where the door was constructed, and with the warning upon it, is covered. The massive stone door having concealed the exit. However, it now opens into a much grander room, of which I will reveal on your map. Seeing the doors open, Ko will turn uh, to Dumbledore and say, looks like we didn't need the crystal after all. Thank you, though, and toss it to him. Okay, I will try to catch it. Are you trained in uh, dexterity? I'm a dex. I have uh, 15 dex. Oh, yeah, no, you, you have a um, hand. Yeah. I'm you have a level, but your proficiency in deck, so you're all set. You catch it without yeah. any problem. I have half proficiency in sleight of hand. Cool. You catch it no problem, thanks to your dext. The room beyond goes out, and you see in front of you a great hole that heads down, marked by this darker area. The darker, darker areas to left and right are stones that have been piled up, and various debris, rocks, and stalagmites that are sticking upward. You can see beyond this hole that there is a drop-off and the room continues beyond. Immediately, Ko, you notice that throughout the room, 
uh, particularly just in this upper area before it heads down into the lower zone, that there are several shiny ropes descending from the ceiling. They sort of glimmer in the bit of light that you're casting. Now, we didn't go over the light we're using right now, so let's actually go around the room. Who's using the light? Of course, Splendorbell has his dark vision. Yeah. Um, anybody else? Uh, clearly, we lit something down here in order to continue in the first place, but let's go over that. Co, uh, boop, to his little goggles, and they fall into place, and uh, with a boing, give him dark <laughs> Perfect. I whistle at the room. What does that do? Does that give you light? No, I'm just impressed. Oh. <laughs> well, we've got two dark visions going right now. How are Dumble Dwarf of Raisin Bunch and Evelyn Grinkeeper? Right. So I'm going to have to cantrip it up. Um, but I also have, I'm going to, I think I can double cantrip it up. So I have a drift globe, small glass. It doesn't, um, it emanates light. Okay, so. Wait, who's the not dark vision person? It's Evelyn, right? Right, right. Co one shot has equipped his right. night vision goggles. Oh, so by I the way, Kyle, would it be safe to say that I got my drift globe back from my wife before I went adventuring? Oh yeah, that, that was months ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I speak a command word. Easy I go Illuminatus and then light the drift globe. Woo. And then I go Flotus. And then the, the drift globe floats up in front. Uh, in the vicinity of the party. So I've got a floating drift globe. I think it has to be within five feet. It's five feet of the ground. Um, it hovers, I guess, near me. I don't know if I can command it. Yeah, it follows you within 60 feet. Okay. And then I also can't trip it up with a um, with a light. I cast a light spell, and I go, Illuminatus! And I, I light my index finger as well, and I hold my index finger up in the air. But it's at eye level for everyone else, so it's kind of blinding them because you know <laughs> the light. Like if you, it's at their level. I have my index finger up in the air. Perfect. So two light sources. Greenkeeper, do you use the light provided by Dumbledwark, or do you light your own? She wouldn't light anything yet. Okay. So we're proceeding based on the Raisin Bunch Light Brigade. <laughs> yeah. Why not? So the sort of uh, pale light that's cast by the drift globe shines across the room going out some uh, 40 feet. 20 feet is that bright light, and then it goes to dim light beyond that. And it kind of catches these these silver ropes that are hanging from the ceiling. And altogether, you can count eight of them immediately. Two down in the lower area, and that'd be six up here. You see some stairs going down as well, and you see the very crest over the edge of a great mechanical something. Mm. Hmm. The room is yours to explore. Are there rocks in the cave nearby? So many rocks. Oh, and in fact... Grinkeeper's gonna start throwing rocks in her bag of holding and then go dump them into the thing that Ko's pushing down. Ko's pushing something down? Yeah, the, the thing that opened the door. Oh, the, the basin. Basin. Oh, I see. Yeah, so so you gather up rocks and and place it on top of the button kind of area to weigh it down as you leave. Exactly. Very cool. Uh, can you tell me where the mechanical item is, direction wise again? 
Left, right? It would be, there. so you pass this hole that you haven't investigated yet. Beyond, there is a drop-off, and you can see the very top of some great gear-like structure. Okay, so we're nowhere near that yet. Um, I would, uh, just a kind of a general inspection to see if I can just see anything hazardous, any traps, anything weird going on. Sure, do a perception check. All right. Whoops, almost did persuasion. There we go. Ugh, my dice rolls are terrible today. Nine. You look about the room from where you stand, and you see that it's kind of wet in here. Great. Oh, man. Great. Damn. Very perceptive. Uh, Ko's going to come in and immediately get away from light sources and things like that and just sort of sneak his way very carefully around the room, kind of scoping everything out. All right. Start All right. walking As he around. Sneaks, I'm going to start speaking loudly. <clears throat> what sort of monster do you suppose is in this room? It's very wet. Any guesses? Uh, water. A water elemental. Ooh. That sounds exciting. They're pretty easy. They're not too exciting. They just like fighting. And riddles. They like fighting and riddles. Hmm. Grinkeeper will immediately start heading toward the stairs and down to the back of the room. And as she leaves the radius of the light, she'll light her uh, new blade into a dagger. Excellent. Uh, so Raisin Brunch, you see as she walks, she pulls out this small uh, staff about six inches long that has a diamond-shaped heart on the top. And as mm. she holds it, it kind of clicks slightly off to the side, and a luminous blade like moonlight shines around her. Oh, like a pool, pole arm? Pool arm. <laughs> pole arm? Uh, more like, this would be more like a, a switchblade. If anything, oh, okay. at this point. Sorry, oh, I was picturing okay. a large staff with a blade at the end. Sorry, it's a blade. It's a dagger blade. Um, so while they do that, since I'd like to contribute as well, I'm just going to look at the ground and check for feces. <laughs> Very good. Make cool. a perception or survival check would work as well. Uh, Not my Grin forte, but I'm, I'm helping. Grinkeeper, you walked by about three of these ropes as you made your way. Did you do anything with them? She'll look at them. She might... Yeah, she'll, like, run, a, she'll hit one as she walks by. All right, well, you got three here. Which one do you give a little slap to? The one right before the stairs. Yeah, you give it a little, you, like like a kid going through the uh, through uh, the department store with the clothes. You kind of run your <laughs> hand and let it kind of whoop across your hand. And it does so. Uh, you're in gauntlet, so you didn't feel it, but look like rope. A 18. silvery white rope. 18 on survival check. 18? All right. So you start you start looking around. You start looking around, and you, you particularly you're looking for feces, correct? Yeah. Yeah. You know, denizens of the Underdark have to poo somewhere. Maybe there's a clue, especially if it's a beast. Yeah. You end up kind of being drawn over to this pile of rocks here. It's about, it goes about 10 feet up, and the rope stops right above the rocks, you know, so about three feet of... Uh, open air before the rope hits and all about that rock you see what looks like bird droppings just pale white kind of paint upon it but giving it a little check you know that it's not paint thanks to your your survival role that it's actually some sort of type of dropping mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks to your disgusting so, um, perception you found out that it's poo right so I'm going to walk Can I? I'm gonna, is it safe to approach the droppings like <laughs> 
you know, okay, that's a weird question. I mean, there isn't any hazards between me and the droppings. Uh, no, when you stand between where you stand here in the door, it's nothing but cave floor, and this is all pretty unworked right now. But it is smooth enough, and there doesn't seem to be any holes or anything along those notes. So I would like to. Um, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna kick off my boots, uh, and because uh, I'm gonna step in my halfling, my padded halfling feet. Mm. I don't know if that's a thing, but you know. And I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna sneak towards the droppings. All right, all right. Go ahead and make that stealth check. While that happens, let's go to Ko, who's also been sneaking around the room. Uh, Uh, You got a twenty-two. Yeah, I got a twenty-two on my stealth. Cool. You're just sort of you're kind of going along the edges here. Yeah, I'm kind of monitoring everybody else as they make progress, so I probably would have shadowed Greenkeeper a bit as she made her way across the room, but, at, you know, at a slower, stealthy pace, and probably I'm around somewhere like that, just watching what everybody's up to. Excellent. We'll return to you as you kind of reach that edge to the lower area. Dumbledwark? Yeah. Uh, 16. 16. All right, so you start sneaking on your bare feet. You know, the ground's a bit rough, but if you take off your shoes pretty regularly, this, you know, it feels like that rough part of the pool, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I figure it's not comfortable, but it's better than alerting a monster uh, by walking, uh, you know, with heavy feet. And, And I want to approach the droppings, and I want to, like, you know, I want to see if I can smell a creature type off of it or get some clue as to what made the droppings. Okay, would you like to ride your previous survival? You want to do another one? You could even do a uh, nature check. Yeah, I, I think, well, I mean, no, we'll do a nature check. It's a different thing, right? Even though, yeah, nature's better. Oh, no, goodbye, dice. I'm not, it's on the floor. It doesn't count. Five second rule 11 plus six is 17. 17. All right, so you're an old, experienced adventurer type, and you. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I taste like the air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Covering all the taste buds, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate you that guy. And, and you're <laughs> I know who you're and doing. That. I hate that guy. <laughs> but it covers all the taste buds, man. Oh, that guy. Classic carnivorous monstrosity. Okay, I smell meat in the poo. Yes. Okay. Hmm. Do I? I don't have any indication what it might be, though. I smell. Uh, okay. Well, I have to think about it, but I'm going to um, dart and, and I'm going to start speaking more carefully now. I'm going to say, "Everyone, there's some sort of carnivorous bird beast in here." A what? bird in a cave. <laughs> Evelyn yells back very much. <laughs> <laughs> Full volume echoing from below. Well, it might. It might be a bat. I don't know. How do you know but this? It's something that flies and eats meat and how, we're meat. How do you know this? Well, he's got I, st- really I smelled its feces. Oh. <laughs> this is an accurate way to tell if there is meat in the poo. I'm still trying to isolate what it is. <laughs> Grinkeeper, you made your way down the stairs. And they were well crafted. They didn't seem very dangerous, though a little moist as you went. You got down to the lower area, and your passive perception is 10. Would you like me to tell you passively what you see, or would you like to try to roll? I'll give it a shot. She's actively looking. Okay. 
Um, An 11. All right, One more slightly. point really kind of changes yep. it. Yep. Yep. Slightly the difference better. between passive and active, just one point. So what you see before you is a great big water wheel. And it is supported on the left side into the ground and kind of comes to one of those uh, you know open air turns. So it doesn't seem to activate anything on this side. However, you do see that it goes down through the pole across the water wheel and into the wall where it connects with some sort of gear that then those gears connect to gears and run and those connect to gears eventually leading to a great 30 foot wide huge stone door very much like the one you saw earlier when you entered the dungeon in the first place you also note that there's a kind of track that leads across the ground back into the wall gridkeeper looks at the track that leads to the hole in the ground. And then she looks at the water wheel and the door, and she's clearly thinking very hard. And then her eyes light up. She has an idea. And she gets on the water wheel and starts to run it along the outside. <laughs> Grinkeeper climbs up into the water wheel. I want to um, look into the hole, but I want to do it like a movie. Like, I'm like... Like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you you climb over to the the hole that sort of dominates the center of the room. Well, I'm picturing that the droppings were near the hole. Am I not? Is that accurate? You were over by the rocks on the left uh, side here, uh, so you could easily walk around and then come yeah, over to well, the. Well, I will here. quietly walk over and like peer into the hole just with my eyes, though as small as I can, like this. The hole is kind of like a great big funnel. And you see that the unworked stone has been worn by years of water flow. And it heads down and kind of spirals a little bit as it does until it reaches a smaller five-foot hole in the bottom, about in the center. It's like a bathtub, like a cave bathtub. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best kind. Yeah, with a sort of a a drain at the bottom. Hmm. Let's take a look at your passive perception as well, which is quite rocking. Okay, all right, not, not bad, not bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 20, 20, 20, passive 20. Looking down there, you do see something that catches your eye. A pair of boots sitting in the bottom of the basin. Can I tell how far down it is? With the angles and avoiding Pythagorean theorem, it's about 30 feet down. Hmm. <laughs> That's quite a draw. Avoid that math. Uh, how, how was the um? How was the climb down? It would be slick. So uh, very much like a like a, a a river stone. It's been worn by water over time, and it's still a little damp. Hmm. All right. I'm going to consider my inventory and look for solutions while someone else in the party has a turn. Let's go to Splendor Belt. What have you been up to? Well, just kind of looking around. Um, <clears throat> I want to... Uh, um, let's see. Where's Greenkeeper right now? She's right over there. Is she up and far away from me if I ran over to her? I could, could I touch her or is she too far from me? I mean, you can go anywhere in this room right now. So you would round kind of the big hole that Dumbledore is investigating right now and head down those stairs. And you would find a Greenkeeper currently scaling this great stone water wheel. 
All right, I will come in here, and uh, the, the goal here would be: am I am I within reaching distance of her, or is she too high on that wheel? I mean, she's she's currently trying to climb up the the wheel, so you could touch her. All right, I'm going to touch her and give her guidance. Uh, basically, you can now roll a d4 and add that number to any roll, ability check slash saving throw, any of that stuff you have to deal with while you're up there. Um, and you have a minute to do that. So within awesome, the next you. minute, you now have that extra D4. Okay, seeing, uh, seeing them kind of just doing their own water wheel business, but Dumbledore looking very, uh, interested in this hole, uh, Ko is going to go over, um, adjacent from him and look down, um, I'm assuming because our passive perception is equal, I can see the boot as well. Yes. So you would see it lit by the the edge of Dumbledore's finger that's kind of over the edge yeah. as he shines it down. <laughs> now, gonna, I, I just, I'm going to go get my boots while he does this. I'm going to sneak it back and put my boots on. Ko is going to extend a hand out towards the boots and lift them to his hand. Oh, you're a Luke Skywalker? Uh, so, <laughs> for the mechanics behind this, uh, using the telekinetic feet, uh, I have I have a invisible mage hand that I can use, um, and I send that out to grab the boots and pull them up to me. Is there a weight requirement on these, or a limitation? Uh, there is. Uh, let me see. That's quite can remarkable. Can I carry more than 10 pounds? Okay, very cool. So you you're you're do you physically manifest the hand? It's completely invisible, right? It's completely invisible. I think it's just a mechanic, but essentially it's my mind. It okay, so fly so it. an invisible hand kind of pinches the two boots together and they slide up the side slightly beyond the weight of uh, of your requirements, but dragging no problem. All right, drag them up into my hand. How did you do that? That's quite incredible. Uh, mental powers. Been practicing a lot. Mental powers? How? Okay, and I get my, my, my parchment and I start writing down that Ko one shot has mental powers. Um, oh. How long have you been mentally powerful? Speaking of which, uh, I will also go ahead and activate psychic whispers and connect to all three of them so we can get our little cell phone network going here. Perfect. Uh, and that's going to be good for... The next five hours. Okay. It's immediately when you connect to my psychic network, you hear, what? I wonder when breakfast, the second breakfast is starting. <laughs> Hold on a second. Can he, does the voice, I've always wondered it's about the spell. Do we have the same voice? I don't know how it works. Or, or how do you hear us? Or do you know? So uh, you just have to concentrate uh, a message to me and it works is the way right, I but, picture it. But I mean, you it don't hear, you can. don't hear it in a voice like. Like, if I sent you a message that was, oh, I, I need potato, you're not going to hear me go, I need potato. You're going to hear, oh, for, uh, Splendor Belt maybe wants a potato, is what you would hear or feel. What about no, I'd, I'd hear, I need a potato. It's communication, so it's whatever you're thinking as a message. But I can't read your thoughts. I'm not psychic. Right. So you would have to be intending to tell me that you need a potato. I guess what I'm saying is, do you hear it in my accent or just a general voice because it's in your head? Do you audibly I, hear it? I think i hear i think i hear it in your voice because okay. i always role played it as 
when Co was doing the fake accent, his true voice is what you heard in your head, not his oh, fake right. accent. Okay. Well, that would be consistent then with what we've done already. Yeah. Just curious. What's the policy on imaginary friends? <laughs> Just kidding. Potatoes are okay. Do they get to speak in the psychic network? <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, and also just for Bo, uh, technically it's only a one-way communication. I can communicate to you, you can communicate to me, but for expediency's sake and my sanity, we just assume that if you want it relayed to other people, I do that. Okay, so we're like the Secret Service, got it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just and, to and, avoid the Uhura thing of like, Bo says, and then <laughs> Splendor Belt replied. Yeah, It's right. just easier if we can all talk. Got it. I'll connect you. Yeah, <laughs> but Dumbledore does, you know, think out loud to himself that he's thinking about that second breakfast, and it does relay through. Uh, so okay. I put my boots while he's connecting the network. I'm putting my boots back. I sneak over, put my boots back on, pick up my duffel bag, and go back to Co. And I ask him, "So, um, <clears throat> what? What's? Spe- have you investigated these boots? What's special about them? May I look at them?" Uh, sure. Here. Hand over the boots. Alright, uh, anything jump out at me without the need of magic when it comes to those boots? Uh, looking at them, they appear to be green boots with a small leather belt along the top in order to secure them. They have, uh, great kind of leathery flashes along the side that give them the appearance of, uh, flames or speed. They are very well made. They appear to be magical in nature. Okay, um, well, uh, let me see here. That is... Okay, so... <clears throat> oh, that costs money? Shit. All right, sorry. Um, <laughs> I go I go to uh, Ko and I say, If you'll permit me, I can identify these items for you, Ko. Or this item for you, Ko. Deckard Kane kind of uh, deal. Yeah, sure. If you want to identify it, go for it. All right, so I, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna hold the boots in, in like the palm, like this, and then I'm gonna start um, swirling around in my hand a thing and doing some some magical stuff, and then I'll set them down, and then I will say some magic spells, which of course I did not prepare any words for. It, so uh, this is the ten minute ritual version, right? Mm, well, no. So the the issue is actually, you know what? I can't. I realize. I realize I can't do this. Oh, that's because um, it has a gold cost for the reagents, which I don't believe I can use a focus and loo for gold cost. I think when it comes to gold cost, you need the gold cost. I mean, um, it's not to say that here before adventure you might have picked up the required items for said of an owl feather. Yeah, yeah. it's so been a while feather. since I remember what the rules were hard and right. fast on that. Well, so. we'll, we'll figure that out while that gets investigated. Let's go down to uh, the now blessed and inspired Grinkeeper who is climbing up this great water wheel. Yeah, look that up. Cool. Once blessed, she's gonna throw her weight downward to see if she can start it spinning and then climb it like a ladder along the outside to keep it spinning. See how fast she can go. Okay, let's do an athletics check. Yeah. And you can use that uh, guidance. Yeah, don't forget the the one D four. Seventeen. Seventeen. So you reach up like your oh, price wait. is writing. Don't I have the skill check for being a paladin? Oh, is that 
stack? I guess it would. Oh, those would be saves. You're talking about those are saves, like saves. attacks versus okay. you. Never mind then. Yes, the water wheel is not attacking you. <laughs> not yet. That you know. So of. you go up. You get. You gave it a big money, big money. You know, a uh, Price is Right spin. And it is a heavy piece of work, but all the same, it and gives a slight bit of momentum, basically taking the part of the wheel that you grab down to the floor. And as it does, you hear those gears on the kite, and they kind of spark, and sparks start flying out of all the gears, and the big door against the wall, that 30-foot-wide stone door, gives a little, and then settles back on the ground. All right. Well, there's no turning that wheel, Splendor Bell. All right, here's, here's what we got. It's a water wheel. It's got a track that leads to that giant hole. And that's what I got. <sighs> uh, okay. Uh, we should tell the others what this is. And uh, I would, before she's even down, I'd run back and uh, just inform everybody. Well, you know. go up the stairs and you find Co being interviewed by Dumbledore. While he holds a pair of shoes. <laughs> oh, nice. Boots, to be precise. Uh, I would see that and go, I hope I am not interrupting a transaction. Or whatever okay, it is so I've, conf- I've confirmed the rules on this. Just sorry to interrupt. Um, I do. It's 100 gold pieces and an owl feather. I need both. And I can't use a focus in lieu of it. So you could say you have those things. You would have prepared for your adventure. 100 gold? Okay. Uh, yeah. It's a pearl worth 100 gold. You have a pearl. A pearl. Oh, that's right. Sorry. A pearl worth 100 gold. I know that uh, sometimes in house rules you can just blow the gold, and I guess that's the concession. So, yeah, anyways. I don't have any of it, so we're making concessions all over. Um, <clears throat> so I will I will um, hold the boots in my hand, uh, and then I will take the feather, and um, I will dust <laughs> the boots, and I'm saying the following magic words. Toot. Tootum, mootum, matum, crow, backish, tackish, hester, mo. And then I throw the feather up, and then I take a pearl, and I, oh, I swallow the pearl. It's going to hurt later when it comes out. And, um, and poof, I've cast the identify spell upon the boots. Excellent, which only takes one minute. During this time, Grinkeeper, you have climbed back down, or at least, you know, settled at the water wheel. And as you watch it, it kind of it does that end of the spin as the sort of weight you put into it causes the last bit of it to go, and it hits a boom, and then starts swinging back the other way a little bit. Grinkeeper's eyes light up, and she goes to the other side and tries again. You go to the other side. So to the, to the far side and start giving it a, a yes. go. Okay, athletics check. Net 20. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Big net 20. You give it a heave and a hoe. And as you give it that spin, it rockets downward and you hear a great kung kung of the stone against metal as something appears to be stuck underneath, stopping it from spinning. Mm. Well, she's going to try and get under there and get that out, whatever it is. And roll a investigation check. Meanwhile, up above, Splinterbell watches on as the pearl is digested and the spell takes place. I will drop a link 
in the Discord for Boots of Speed. Ooh. I like to think that the minute cast time is just waiting for the component to come back through the digestive system. Oh no, that'll yeah. take some time before it gets through. And it won't come out as a pearl, it's excused. It'll come out as a really black marble. Nice. Ooh, look at these Boots of Speed. Mmm. <laughs> Who gets to have these? Well, I will. Uh, I will. I will look at the boots of speed and say, <clears throat> "I found out what the properties of this magical item are." One shot. Uh, allow me to tell you: while you wear these boots, you can use a bonus action and click the boot heels together. If you do, the boots double your walking speed, and any creature that makes an opportunity attack against you has a disadvantage on the attack roll. If you click your heels together again, you end the effect. Um, when the boots' property has been used for a total of 10 minutes, the magic ceases to function until you finish a long rest. Um, here you go. Congratulations on your find. And I hold the boots up to go. I'll take the boots and look at Splendor Belt and just look around and just send a message to everybody. Hey, anybody want these boots? Uh... I would send a message back saying they are 100% perhaps you're the best for you to wear, not for me. No, I got sneaking horseshoes. I don't uh, I don't need boots. Uh, they don't fit on my hooves. I only take them anyway. if no one else wants them. Take it, Splunderbelt. Okay, I rolled green. Then you can run around healing everybody real fast. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I take these boots. Give them the boots. I'll take the boots. I will put them um, on. Which doesn't change, by the way, any stats, I don't think, because my boots don't give me any bonuses now, so yeah. yeah but it doubles Correct. your walking I mean, speed, I get the benefits, but I don't lose any, like, AC yes. or anything. So You've got gray boots on, as it were. Yeah. So, <laughs> easy to change out. Yeah. Uh, do you equip the boots immediately? Yeah, I just put, I'd put them on. All right, you go to put them on, and there's something in them. Um, I'm going to put these on now, actually. Hold on a second. Boots of speed. There they are. Add. Equipment. I like the idea that he felt something in the boots, but was like, no, I'm equipping these now. And he threw whatever it was to the side and just kept putting on the boots. All right. So you're saying I feel something like a. Like yeah, rock. you know, like when you go to put on a, a shoe, but it's already got a sock in it. And so you have to do, do like, the, oh, uh, there's something in my boot. Yeah, I would do that. And I'd be cautious about that because I've had animals in my boots before. Splunderbelt has. Like rats and stuff. So I would. So how would you deal with a perhaps rat in your boot? Um, I would hold it up and I would hold it away from my face and kind of look down and see if I could see anything. If I don't, I'd hit it against a stone or the ground a couple of times and look back down the boot, see if anything shook loose. And if I still can't see anything, I would shake it really hard, kind of away from me to get whatever it is out of there. So this very sight takes place in the light of a finger in a drift globe. And as you give it a knock, you kind of feel that weight move about it. And these boots have always, for leather boots, I mean, you know, 10 pounds around, like these aren't scale mail, they're not metal. But they had that weight to him. You give him a couple knocks. You look in it. You give him a couple knocks. And as you give it that final shake, two feet slide out. Ew. Two feet? Like in each boot? One in each boot? Well, not not two feet per boot. One foot per boot slides out onto the ground. Ew. So somebody's feet. I walk over. 
I walk over to the foot and immediately pick one up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I take a I take a smell of it. Want to tell how old it is? Okay, survival check. Meanwhile, I uh, played a ranger. <laughs> <laughs> Grinkeeper, you go down on all fours and you crawl under there and you fu- and you see by the light of your blade what seems to be catching the great water wheel here. A golden object. A mace seems to be caught between the bottom sort of hook and the floor of one of these water wheel spokes, as it were. Can she get under there and grab it? Yeah, you reach on under and you pull it out. Cool, so she'll pull it out, she'll stand up, and she'll start looking at it. You spy a a golden mace that comes to a ball up top, but the edges beyond it kind of circle outward in this very ornate look. And on top is kind of, in addition to the great kind of triangular mace, is a morning star with all the spikes upon it. And as you give it a look, you kind of drag along the ground behind it, pulling it up. A hand lets go and falls to the ground, cut off at the forearm. It still has a bit of jacket attached to it, some armor. Is there any names written on any of these items? Uh, but wait, so, okay, you're, you're currently investigating feet. Hang on. Yeah, sorry, my bad. Uh, what did you get on your uh, survival check for the Only feet? Ten. Ten. Only ten. Only ten? I mean, you you know, you know, you've you've been around and these appear to be non-humanoid feet at the very least. A little hairy for non-humanoid feet, but still, well, I'm sorry, not human, non-human feet. They are a bit hairy on top. Oh, halfling feet. Uh Hmm. So I I guess Splendor, you can go back to Evelyn because I was going to ask Splendor Belt to see if there's any name stamped in the boot or like ownership name written somewhere in it. Who, who, who owned them? Grinkeeper, the, the arm, the hand and forearm fall to the floor and you're now holding this golden mace. Uh, She'll use the mace to kind of poke at the arm as she telecommunicates. I found a mace. It was blocking up the wheel, water wheel thing, and there was a hand attached to it. I'm poking it now. It hasn't done anything yet. Did the water wheel start moving? I can spin it, but this maze was blocking it. I think I'm pretty sure the thing's going to open the door. So when everyone's ready, you just let me know. Yeah, we found a boot with feet in it. Gross. Um, Whatever happened to the people here, that seems severe. We should at least be cautious. Wonder if they got eaten. Well, uh, it would look that way. We can either try and make the water wheel work via water. Uh, Splendor Belt might be able to help with that. Or if you just want to give it a vigorous spin, I say give it another try. We can get going, yeah. You just gather down here when you're ready, because I don't know how fast this door is going to close. All right, I'm gathering down by the door. Yeah. We all start gathering down by the door. Uh, This would be both uh, Dumbledore's and One-Shot's first view of the big water wheel. One-Shot in particular, make an investigation check. A 19. A 19. Looking at the sort of end that this bar comes to across the water wheel that eventually the other side hooks in the wall, 
you see a great stone indent and inside a gear shape. Okay. I would point that out to, to everyone. Let them know what I see. With your investigation, your mind goes back several months to a certain stone gear that you gathered from one Gleepoma in his store. Gleepoma? Oh, that's right. Didn't we use that gear, though? Do I still have it? Or do we still have it? Was it written in your inventory? No. Maybe. Then it might be sitting at home or somewhere else. Who knows? Maybe Gleepoma took it again. I have a library key and a crank. That's all I have for other possessions. You pull out the crank, and that is the one that ends in the stone gear. Oh, I should have added stone gear to my note, and then it would have been clear. Um, Okay, I will point that out to everyone. I'll go, look it. How did he get that? Wait a second, I pull out my notebook. Is this your dungeon? Did you create this dungeon? The things we did created this dungeon. That's... It's not our dungeon, but, you know, we... How do you have the key to progressing in, in, a, in a dungeon that... It's your first time in? It, it's a long story. It, it, it involves Gleepoma and a lot of trading. Gleepoma, trading. Yep. Anyway, let's, uh, let's go. So does it, it looks like it will fit in the, in the wall. Yeah, basically you have the handle and then the stick that goes up and connects to the stone gear, and placing that stone gear into the side of the water wheel connection would allow you to crank it by hand. All right, let's give that a go. As this happens, Grinkeeper's kind of going to go a little shucks and kick right, stone and I, say, I, say, I say, wait, 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 one second, and I cast Animate Object and Animate My Camera. And the crystals swirl around it, and they float towards you, Co. Uh, as you start, as, as like, I'm taking shots of you doing dungeon work. Well, before you're seeing the crystals <laughs> and seeing Greenkeeper, Co would step out of the range of the crystals and go, "You know, I'm not the strongest, and this is still going to require a lot of force." Greenkeeper, why don't you uh, no, try no, and give it a go? No, Co, you got this. I was just kind of no, sad. I'm get just going to embarrass wheel. myself. I'd Wait. rather not. Oh, thanks, Co. And then Grinkeeper will plug it in and start cranking. I'm there kind of like looking for a good shot and taking photographicals of of the the dungeon action of turning a crank. Splinterbelt, roll a perception check. Can do. Mm, Here we go. 17. 17. So you're still up on kind of above the stairs as they've all headed down. You see them, you know, working these various uh, things as you've I've uh, been standing there with a boot in each hand, and Dumbledore ran up, sniffed the feet, and then ran down the stairs. You Now the feet are gone, and you're standing there with these two boots in your hands, about to put them on in just your socks. Got it. And I yell at you, is there any name on the boot? A name? As he ran by. Oh, you said that as you ran by? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking for a name on the boot? Yeah, you know, like you might label your underwear when you go to camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you got to put your names on stuff when you're a dungeoneer, or else people will take it in camp. I will look very carefully at the soles and edges and things, trying to find a name. 
All right, let's let's do this by chance. Ninety-eight percent chance you find it. Wow. Written on the inside, down in the soul, you see the name Zigzag. Okay. Zigzag. Um, I'll Pardon con- me, Zigzag. Because con- it tight. Are you so? Is, <laughs> is am I near uh, Dumbledore? He's around me. I'm if not, you went down the stairs, yes, you'd be you'd be down by. Okay, him. so I'm not I'm not crank. telling this through the co exchange channel or anything. I'm just saying it out loud. <laughs> cool. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I don't have to do that. So <laughs> yeah, I'll just yeah. so I'll just sell I'll say yeah, it's uh, zigzag is on here. Oh, most interesting. That's one of the adventurers that came down here and went missing. Uh, J Jonah, no, um, Joe Chroma. It was Joe, right? It was Joe. Oh, where's my James Chroma. James Chroma Cramanson. James Chroma Cramanson informed me of this when I first took on your story uh, of these passings. So, uh, what what is okay to put on, or should I not put on? Because of, of course you should wear it, but you might not be wearing it for very long if whatever in here gets you too. But who is this zigzag? He was an adventurer, such as yourselves, but was. And he failed and died. So these were his feet that <laughs> fell out. Yes. Perhaps these well, are bad luck. Should we bring luck. them back these... to his family? Uh, it, they are the remains. Are resurrections possible in this? They'll need the body. Actually, yes. we should take these. We should take these back to the guild, and. Um, you should take these back to the guild. I'm not a guild member. You're supposed to do your proper duty as guild people. I start picking up the feet and the hand, and I hand them over to Krendel. Dumbledwark, you would remember that you ran an ad just the other day for resurrection at the cost of 40,000 gold. Oh, my lord. 45,000 gold, excuse me. That's expensive. It's a good business, man. You can make for you can go to the family, say have the feet of your son, <laughs> and uh, if you want them back and if you want them res, that'll be forty thousand gold, please. Wow. If not, I'll give them to you for a thousand, and then you can bury him. Uh, I will make decision outside, but for now, we'll carry f- carry foot and bag. Well, there's two feet and a hand. And hand. Don't forget that. Don't. We forget don't know the who the hand belongs to. Excellent. So you start loading the two feet and the hand into the bag. You've got the boots in your hands and you start to and you've descended down the steps. And as you do, Dumbledore turns back to the party and starts taking pictures of Grinkeeper, who is working the great wheel by the crank now. And it's going beep, beep. And he's taking all these pictures and big flashes of light are coming out of his camera and the light illuminates the room. And as everyone's kind of focused on the wheel in the corner, it catches the light of one of these ropes nearby, in particular, the one out in front of you here. And as your eyes travel up the rope, you see something shift at the top, and the rope kind of gives a little bit of a wiggle. Oh, no, it's it a does. roper. Shit. A roper? <clears throat> like Mr. and Mrs. So, roper? Or, Jack Tripper's name? Well, at least, at the very least, it's, it's like the Half-Life guys that hang off the ceiling. <laughs> A roper, like maybe not a roper, but something along those lines. All right, do I see? Do I do I see in the flash the the creatures upon the ceiling? You're busy taking the pictures right now. This would be Splendorbelt who sees this little shift on one of the ropes, the one hanging out by One Shot Co. Do I know what I see? Like, am I? Do I have an idea? Yeah, it looked slightly like a pale white crab, 
But it seems to be up in one of these recesses in the ceiling. Um, for expediency's sake, I would rush that thought over the uh, the 5G code network and let him know what I think I just saw. Oh, I immediately stop taking photos and look up the ceiling. I can't see anything, of course, right? Getting the message, Co is going to take a step further away and just kind of <laughs> duck around this corner here. Um, and, and these are these ropes. Else. Are these ropes marked by the gray? Yes, each one of these ropes yeah. is marked on here by one of these gray symbols. So, uh, in total, there are eight ropes throughout the room: two in the lower area and six in the upper. Uh, your light spell sheds in a forty-foot radius out. And the ceiling is some 60 feet above, and then yeah. the additional recess. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Splendor Bell, can you give me back one of the legs? <laughs> uh, yes, and I'll pull a leg out and hand it to him. All right. Well, they're uh, just feet, but you get handed a foot, feet, a hairy yeah, yeah. foot. Yeah, yeah. hairy foot. And so what I want to do is I want to take one of the foot and, like, see if I, like, tempt one of the ropes with this. <laughs> see if it'll grab it and eat it just to confirm danger. So you walk over with the foot and kind of just wiggle it into the rope? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bait. So you walk over with the foot, you kind of give it a little, little bit, and it's sticky. <laughs> and immediately the foot starts inching upwards. Okay, I watch it recede into the darkness. <laughs> it recedes into the darkness of the ceiling. Oh, I, a... I don't just watch it. I take a picture, by the way. I, 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 <laughs> I take a photographical of it, and hopefully the flash will get the... Uh full action shot cool as you're not able to see during the flash at your location you don't see exactly what you photograph but it does climb the foot slowly raises to the ceiling disappears in the darkness in some recess and you hear a this is delightful if 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 this um photo photographical turns out very well it could make the cover of the daily quest this month what, what, a, what, what a horror you were in the middle of turning a great crank. Would you like to make your athletics check? A 12. A 12? All right, you start. And you get it going, but it's not really going that fast. And it. And you've got it, you know, in momentum. And the gears are turning. And little sparks are flying from the gears over on the wall, but the grand door just kind of ups about like a centimeter or two and keeps kind of bouncing. Uh, and then over the psychic network, I, I say, wait, I've had a thought. I don't think I don't think the creature that made those droppings are the creatures on the ceiling. Are, are they? Could they be? Like positionally, were they underneath where the tongues were? Uh, if you're thinking about earlier, yes, you were investigating this rope here that was above okay. the rocks, and it was all over the rocks beneath the rope. Okay. Uh, never mind. Never mind. I say that uh, everyone over the network. Splendorbelt, why don't we see if we can help the wheel move? Do you think you could conjure water down this channel and help move the water wheel? Yes, this is a good idea. What kind of reporter do you think I am? I don't conjure water. Not you, me. He says Splendorbelt. That's that's Splendorbelt right there. (laughs) 
I would. Uh, I, I, think I, heard, I think when you said Splendor Bell, I heard Dumbledore. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all good. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a bow problem. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I will conjure. Uh, I will create water at level one because I don't think we need anything else. Uh, Where do you do it? Um, over the well, I guess. Right. If you're trying to create movement. Isn't that what we do? Or we? I mean, not over the well, but over the wheel, so that the wheel gets. Uh... Well, there's a this funnels water down into the path, so you could either conjure it on the path, on the wheel, or down the funnel. I'd do it down the funnel for momentum, because gravity's going to pull the water and create more pressure. So I would come up top uh, over this hole. Here, chat, you guys can see it. Um, and from there, I would conjure that water and sloosh it down there in one giant thing of water to, to create a bunch of pressure. I'll take a photographical of this action magic shot. Sweet. Grinkeeper, let's go of the handle. And a great torrent of water descends via your spell. Make sure to expend the spell. And slooshes down and kind of spirals in like a great drain and shoots down the track. And gives the wheel a great... And as the water pushes through it, it pushes down beyond, and the door begins to open upwards. The water splashes underneath the door. You can hear it kind of descending down and splashing into an area. The gears on the wall spark and turn, and the door rises up and stops at about five feet high. The water ends... As it washes out, it's not a great torrent. It's one big thing of water that then drained out and has now made its way through. So eventually the wheel stops spinning. However, the door stops at five feet high, not going full to the ceiling yet, but still active. Hmm. Everybody through. Yeah. Uh, does, does it seem like we can take that handle... Uh, without this whole thing falling apart, like the almost like the handle's like a key. Can we continue to take the handle and the gear? Yeah, you're able us? to walk over and just kind of, you know, add out of the stone and maintain your your crank. I'd have Grinkeeper grab it. I'd just, you know, say, don't forget the the handle. Oh yeah, thanks. And it'll go into the bag of holding. And then Co would just sort of slip under the the door been very successful i can no longer see my token <laughs> and that's where we'll take our break <laughs> Perfect. all right we'll be ah, right back breakfast finally <laughs> finally uh take eight or so everybody go go pee you know whatever it is you need to do and uh we'll be back in a sec stay tuned all right we're back everybody kyle pick it up where we left off all right Co one shot is eager and presses through under the door and jumps down about five feet as the last of Splinter Belt's water kind of tumbles over the edge in a small waterfall and continues down a channel, leading towards the center of a cavernous room. Now, I've, I've added edges to this room on the map so you can see that your sight goes beyond these areas. This is just what your immediate sight would show. But the water kind of pools in the center and grows a little deep uh, from this angle, you can still see the bottom in here as your light heads across the room. It's about at its deepest point, five feet. In the channel itself, it's about a foot deep and then kind of a foot deep at, off on the edges. So that's what the dark area in the center 
is denoting. But the cavern goes left, right, divides into four up ahead. And already you can see several objects and things throughout the room. Uh, One shot with your advanced perception and your dark vision goggles. You're able to see immediately that floating in the center of the water is a humanoid figure. Face down. Uh Uh-oh. Is he missing feet or a hand? (laughs) (laughs) You're not sure because they're doing the buoyancy, so it's all all back right now. Okay. Uh, Off to the left. Off to the left, you see what looks like a... For for lack of the uh, a better sight, it looks like a crumbled up bit of aluminum foil. Like you finished a burrito, so you made it into a tube and you squeezed it a lot. <laughs> so you got your aluminum foil leftovers that have been squeezed. That'd be this one here that you're viewing from a distance. And then back over here is a bit beyond your light at the moment. But you see something catching a little bit of that Grinkeeper blade and the drift globe as you all enter. Uh, Splinterbelt, you were up conjuring the water into the great funnel. Did you descend with everybody down the hole? Yeah, I would have finished that up and then come down with everybody. And did you equip your boots? Oh, yeah, for sure. Those are on. I had to put those. I had to finish putting those on before I went up to do the water. And I am now down where everyone is. As they are magical boots, as you slide them in, your toes kind of hit the ends, and you're like, oh no, these, ah, and then it kind of, and grows into boots of your size. A Grinkeeper, you had a golden mace. What did you do with that golden mace? Uh, Put it in the bag of holding. Okay, so pocketed it for now. Perfect. All right, so this is where we find ourselves on the edge of this room that we are just starting to bathe in light. Greenkeeper will slowly move forward to the edge of the pool. Excellent. The cavern here seems even more unworked before. The previous room with its ceiling and its recesses, but it still had the staircase. It still had the water wheel. It still had the gears on the wall to work this great door behind you that is still only at five feet high. So five foot up and then only five foot gap to get back. Here it's just straight wet cavern. And there are uh, small molds and little little fungusy type purple flowers and mist that kind of cover the walls here, giving it a bit of a deeper, darker feel. Dumbledwark, Dumbledwark, they have all made their way through the hole. Do you join them? Mm, I'm going to hold back because I'm here in a reporting capacity. My first mission is to note what's happened. I have my photo, uh, photographical machine still poised at the ready to capture action shots. So, you know, I'm I'm helping. But, you know, it's up to them to solve the adventure. So, I'm going to stand back. I'm going to look I I'm, I'm going to look around for danger, but I don't think I can see that far out, right? I, you know, I, but I, your your light would be going 40 feet, so currently you would be able to see it about where Grinkeeper is, kind of this range here. Okay. The dark vision folk have started seeing a bit beyond that. All right, so I will I will stay near the entrance, next to one shot, and um, I'll, I'll whisper to Ko, uh, psychically I suppose. 
proceed carefully, but make sure you're out in the open so I can get a good shot. <laughs> I'll make you look cool. Cole just thinks back at him. Yeah, that's not really how I work. And he will slip forward around the bend and then begin sneaking into the shadows to hopefully disappear a bit. I'll sigh with exasperation and I'll I'll follow hit behind him. <laughs> Make your stealth check go. Yeah, Ko's gonna definitely try to lose him if the stealth check is good enough. Oh, it's it might not be. Uh, Sixteen is the best. Sixteen. Okay. Well, you're under his. Well, let's see. Actually, it might be we were looking at something else. His uh, passive perception's fourteen. So if you want to roll a uh, perception, Dumbledore of Raisin Bunch, you might lose Ko otherwise. I've got to roll a perception-y roll. Okay. Yeah. Uh, nine. Nine? All right. Ko is uh, around the corner and disappeared into shadows. Poof. All right. I will turn my attention to Greenkeeper. <laughs> With the audible, <laughs> boo! <laughs> I will turn my attention to Greenkeeper, who's standing in the center of the room and likely to be a monster bait. Uh, so good for, good for a good shot. All right. Uh, Splendor Belt, you are currently back in the room, still watching onward. Yeah, I'm. I'm with everybody. Um, I wouldn't be doing anything in particular other than, you know, kind of keep an eye on on where Greenkeeper's headed, and knowing that she kind of goes all in, I would probably just try to make sure I'm there to be back up whenever that happens. All right, Green- Greenkeeper, you approach the body floating in the water. She'll then start walking around the pool and kind of peering into the different uh, recesses in the cave. Still lit by your dagger? Yes, and she'll be going um, counterclockwise. Now, question, the the size of the weapon doesn't matter in terms of radius, correct? It's still just 15 feet, I believe, regardless? Correct, just 15 feet of uh, dim light, regardless of what size. So you start circling the area. Do you want to make a perception or investigation check there? Um, I have an idea. Do perception. Okay. An eight. An eight? All right. You can't... You Something... Hmm. If it was humanoid at some point. Yep. Yep. That, that's human in there. Or something humanoid. Raisin Bunch. Of Raisin Bunch. Right, so while she's doing this, I have an idea. I'd like to examine the room for any uh, flora. Okay. Underground flora, maybe mushroom. Well, I don't know if mushrooms count, but I would yeah, like nature. to see. See if I can't find any in the dark here. Um, nature. All right, 16. 16? So you start looking at the walls and, and noting and, and looking about. Um uh, you've had some experience in adventuring. You don't see any of the molds that might lead to things like dangerous fungi or more deadly even the gas spores. Nothing like that really comes to mind. But as you kind of walk around the edges here and you take a look at the area you're standing, you start seeing a pattern in the wall where the funguses and various uh, mosses that grow here in this damp, dark underground cave give way. And as you're only, what, like three feet high? How tall are you? (laughs) Three and a half feet. So you see this great kind of opening where it seems like the the funguses haven't grown in kind Mm. of this long diamond shape. And you take a step back. And and as you back up, you notice that there's three of them together. 
and it makes the symbol of a great claw mark across the wall. Hmm. Okay. It's about like four feet long, and each claw is about six inches wide. I'd like to cast Speak with Plants, please. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I, I'm nervous. I'll go in... Wait, what do I have to do to cast this here? Itself, verbal somatic, so I make a few hand gestures, and I go, Indvristum bilak estin shilak. And I will, I will, you know, my lips, a little, like, a green, like, glow will emanate from my lips, like I'm wearing, like, neon lipstick, almost kind of like, like I, this sort of green glow to my lips. Yeah. And, um, I will pet the moss tenderly and I will say in plant language Why little plants why haven't you grown in these parts where there are claw marks? Is there only one plant language or are there a number of dialects? Is there just the one? How's that work? Well, this, per- this particular spell kind of imbues them to translate their words at their level of intelligence. So oh. they're not necessarily speaking. They're magically enchanted to be received. Got it. Right. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, imbue plants with limited sentience and animation. So the actual moss will animate in a way unlike moss as a result of it. Um, I can question the plants about what uh, the past day, getting information about creatures that have passed, whether in other circumstances. Um, I can also turn difficult terrain into easy terrain, if that's an issue. Um, they can potentially perform tasks on my behalf. Uh, it doesn't enable them to uproot themselves and move about, but I can get them to move branches and stuff. Cool. <clears throat> so, and so it's, as, it's as if it's a shared common language. Yeah. So as, as you speak at the wall, it kind of, it kind of, and the moss kind of bunches into a pile and then recesses inward to make it kind of, for lack of a better phrase, a Jim Henson-y style pile of plant. And it Ooh. blinks its <laughs> eyes wearily. I don't know why all of that stuff works for me so easily. Like, all of your comparisons. I feel like I w- I've been seen when you brought up the burrito rolled up real tight after you're done with it with the, the wrapper. I do that every time. I don't get it. I don't know how you know this about all of us. Anyway, go ahead. Continue. Uh, uh, why have you awakened me? Well, Mr. Plantman, uh. um, I have some questions. <laughs> My friends and I are in grave danger, and we need your assistance. I've been scratched. It hurt. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll stop. Is there any way I can tenderly pet you, Mr. Moss? Oh, the pets are nice. Mr. Moss. All right, then I will, I will continue petting the moss and uh, tenderly. Uh, what, Mr. Moss, what has made these claw marks? They must have hurt, no? Uh, well, your moss won't grow? My moss. My moss. <laughs> This sounds like the guy that wants to make a deal with me. The mobster guy. A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But if he was a patch of moss. Yeah. A great long beast. You know what I'll do? I gotta gotta turn the drift globe off just because maybe the direct light's a little intense for Mr. Moss. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. (laughs) I like the dark. 
lost got creepy. Click, yeah. clip that, Scott. Can you mark that? That's a new sound clip. Yeah. I like the dark. Oh, oh, it's marked. It is absolutely marked. We'll use that encore. That was really good. Sorry, you were saying, Mr. Moss, about the claw marks. They hurt you so. Who? What creature did this to you? Ah, great long. I don't remember so well. It was more than a day ago. <laughs> Damn it, that's the limits of this spell. Ah. Um, <laughs> damn bureaucracy. <clears throat> Is there anything else you can tell me about your what it's like to be a patch of moss here oh. in this beautiful cave? Oh, it's mostly delightful. I uh, I enjoy eating minimal uh, minerals off the rest. And he continues to interview the pile of moss on uh, the wall. I'm taking notes, by the way. As he does. Uh, Grinkeeper is circling the pool. Is there? Did you 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 rolled a, a eight perception or so on that? Have you advanced anything on your angle? Uh, she's still walking around. She should be at the top of the pool now. She's looking at the pool. She's also looking down the hallways that are there. I Excellent. Would, I, I will. He's just sort of following her doing that, by the way. <laughs> Chat room says, Patch of Moss is the new Bok Bok. <laughs> uh, don't tempt me. I'll draw him. I'll draw a Patch of Moss. All right, uh... I have revealed a bit more of the map as as Splendorbelt and Greenkeeper have walked about. Particularly Splendorbelt would be able to see out that far with his dark vision. Co, you have been yep. sneaking. And yep, you... Okay, go ahead. And your sneaky path along the wall has brought you alongside the burrito-y mass. <laughs> yeah, let's check that out. Let's see what that is. Investigation check. A 26. Looking down at it, you can see it quite clearly now with your goggles. A little bursted at the edges, if you know what I mean. A man in full plate armor was squeezed greatly and has collapsed inward on himself, forming this long tube of steel. It's a plate mail burrito. That's rough. Yeah, that is rough. You see underneath him a shield. Still intact. Uh see if I can try and as quietly as possible snag that shield. We can maintain your previous stealth if you'd like to do a sleight of hand instead, or you can roll stealth. No. Do a sleight of hand. Let's let's roll. Let's see how it goes. Twenty-four. Twenty-four. You kind of roll him off his shield as he very quietly into the dust here in the cavern floor and sort of tips to the edge, kind of sounding like a, ki- a kicked can, but it doesn't echo out too far. And you pull forth a shield, a large kind of kite shield with the curves at the top bringing down. It has steel along the edges and rivets and in the center kind of a wooden face to it, though the whole back is metal. In it, upon it, you see written on the back number 87, and on the front is a picture of a sheep with a shepherding stick. Hmm. 
Okay, Ko would think that was odd, but he would uh, slip it into his bag of holding to you. investigate at a later time. Yep. Slide the shield down into your bag. Um, and then I would just continue, I would kind of continue to creep around the circumference of the room. All right. You continue to make your way back. Do you head down one of these tunnels? Or do you stick to the main room where everyone's kind of hanging out? Uh, I'd probably note it, but knowing how loud my companions can be, uh, I would probably not want them out of my sight. So I would probably cut across and get to a spot where I could feel like I could hide, but uh, keep an eye on everybody at the same time. As As you cut across the the area there you step and you see kind of a line of rocks that's dividing about five feet up in these cavernous tubes which are 30 feet by some 40 feet up to the ceiling you spy for but a moment though out of the corner of your eye a great mass of brown something back there and then proceed to the rest of the group Uh, we return to Dumbledore who is are you still interviewing the moss? So, so uh, it was. Am I aware at all of what Co like was up to with the burrito body? No, no, no one was aware of that. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, I Are think just... I don't since it's he, he hasn't seen the creature within a day, and my purpose in, in really speaking with him was to get some clues about the creature. I think it's time for the interview to come to an end. So we'll say if I ask some questions, just some you know some interview questions for for the story. Um, and then I will take my glowing green lips and I will gently kiss the patch of moss and then oh, say, geez, goodbye, sweet moss. And then Aww. and then end the spell. That's nice. Uh, it was nice meeting you. Oh, my Lord. Be careful. It's it's dangerous in here. Meeting you is my pleasure, Mr. Moss. Thank you for answering my questions. Um, Oh, no. <laughs> he dispels and slides back across the wall. Oh, that was a lovely piece of moss. <laughs> uh, and I will uh, continue. Uh, I will. So, did I ever see this body? Like this burrito thing? Do I know it's a body? Like, am I. Everyone would know it's there, at least as you made your way into the center of the room here, and you would all be aware of the something pile that's also down this tunnel here but currently uh you have joined splendor belt and Grinkeeper, who are circling the pool in the center right well i'd like to examine the body um examine the plate mail burrito to see okay. if it has a mouth and a face left or if it's completely ground beef okay you head over to it and make a medicine check <laughs> yeah, this is fun uh, where's my medicine? 12. 12? Well, it has a mouth. It's not entirely intact, but it, it, there are teeth. Good enough to and speak with? Perhaps. All right. I'm going to cast speak with that. <laughs> oh, nice. All right. Uh, I, so I need to have burning incense. Well, I just use my uh, I use my loot. So I, I walk up to the um, the corpse and I go. I take out my loot and I strike a note, and uh, I say a few magic words. Uh, Tuktum actum beacon bow, 
schmicken, schmacken, schmicken, schmo. And then, <laughs> and then, and then, um, uh, I try to animate the corpse of the dead with which to answer, have him answer questions. I can ask him about the five questions that animates the life. It only can answer what it only knows what it knows in life. Cool. So while that happens, uh, one shot you are sneaking along. Do you do anything? Uh, no, I'm in a pretty good position to watch everybody. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hide. Just do the best I can to conceal myself. Okay, Grinkeeper, Splendorbelt, do you want to do anything while this interview takes place? She's um, just gonna keep walking around. I would be, I would be attentively listening to this because this seems like some dark business. Uh, bringing this thing back to life. So I would be. I would be very focused on listening to this interview. The burrito gives a shake as it kind of... Awesome. That was awesome. (laughs) The floor is yours. (laughs) I I I only have five questions. Um, Hello, Mr. Burrito Man. Uh, How came you to be dead? Great squeeze. <laughs> and what creature gave you this great squeeze? Let me roll intelligence for the... Okay. A bear. A bear? <laughs> Would, would you like that to be your third question? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a card late. <laughs> so, oops, yes, it's the third question. <laughs> Ghost of Randy Savage. I'm going to snap into a Slim Jim at one point there. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are there any interesting details about the beer you can tell me about? The beer. <laughs> it crawls. It snaps. It fried my friend in the water. And one question left. And final question, Mr. Um, plate Mail Burrito Man. <clears throat> Do you know if this Bayer have has any weaknesses that you only figured out after death? It is immune to lightning. <laughs> <laughs> This is the greatest thing I've ever heard. That's oh, so good. <laughs> and it ends. I imagine it was gross. Oh. So you probably didn't have any eyeballs, right? It was just a mouth and twisted flesh. Or yeah, it was. Like it was a twisted yeah. mouth of teeth, of jagged and pointing different directions that managed to produce a sound. Mm. Um. Uh, did everyone hear that? Probably echoed throughout the cave, right? Oh yes. No, he was. He was not told to be quiet or anything like that, or asked to be uh, quiet. Yeah, uh, sure. Everyone can make uh, nature checks, history checks, or anything sort of knowledge checks if they wish after hearing the name Bahir. Hmm. Yeah. I'd I like guess, to do a religion hmm. check. Uh, just to see sure. if that's got any religious significance, or if I know it does. Uh, that would be a thirteen. Is all. 
Can't roll today. No, I got a seven on my survival. I got a nine on history. So. Okay. Greenkeeper's seen pictures of bears and she doesn't care. She'll grapple it if she has to. <laughs> seen a bear. Yeah, she ain't very good. anything but that bear. You you all coerce amongst yourselves a little bit. Um, so, the name sounds slightly familiar to you, Ko. You don't really remember where or why you may have heard that name before. Uh, Splendor Belt, you seem to remember something about perhaps Proud Face or Radiant Lance, one of the sort of legendary clerics paladins of this town. May have had something to do with the Behir, but you're you're not sure either. Okay. But I'm... Hmm. No, no indication. No, nothing more about like lightning resistance or anything, or immunity, or anything else about lightning. You could do a nature check or something like that, but your religion would only tell you stories you may have heard at the parish and the church. All right, let's do a quick nature check. I don't have any special ability here, but <laughs> a three. <laughs> that's that's the sound of your brain. We all heard it over the psychic network. As <laughs> the smoke runs out. Damn it. All right. Uh, yeah. I want to know what a bear is. Well, everyone, should we have a little powwow? If we're gonna go pow this monster, I'm getting bored. Well, we should, we should plan a, a bit of ta- like a, a, an approach. We know there's a hostile monster in here. We should Do think about how. Do you know which direction we... it is? Not quite, but, here. but we can come well, up with. Well, then how a... are we gonna know how to approach it? Behir. Well, we need to. We need to prepare. It's almost lunchtime as well. I have Behir. to have a snack. Sorry. Could... It's repeating Bahir, and it's not supposed to. Sorry. <laughs> Crendel, your brain is open. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this will allow me to eat a little bit of lunch, so I'll be prepared to take great photographs of you. Um, photographicals of you, excuse me. And then we can plan an approach. Or do you guys not do planning? Perhaps that's your that's your way. Don't... Uh, Don't let me dictate the terms. The approach here. I got is to pick a tunnel, and I'm going to start walking. Give me a good reason not to, because here I go. All right. Um, seeing her do that, I want to quickly reach into my duffel bag for a ration. Okay. Try to try to eat it, then pick up my duffel bag and bring my camera along and follow her down. She is she is the she's the bait, so she'll be the best to photograph uh, for an action shot. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, every is everyone following here past the pool where the body still floats? Yeah. Did anyone try for the shield? Or no? I, I took it. Oh, you took yes. it. Okay. Can't remember who did yeah. that. Go, you you had a thought as you were part of the group. Are you like Batmaning in the rafters here? Or are you actually participating with everybody? I am a hundred percent just lurking in the shadows watching okay. these guys be loud. So so you guys have no idea where Ko is, but he's literally right behind you. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. All right, Greenkeeper, you start heading down the tunnel and you see a wall and a left and a right as you start walking around some big rocks. Uh, she'll walk up and start taking the left. All right. You head down the tunnel and you turn to make a left. And as you do, you reveal several things. You see the tunnel continue onward. Right in front of you, 
is a mass of stone in the crude formation of a man. But it's still, perfectly still, bent over and split at the shoulder down to the chest. Rocks have poured out of its chest and back onto the floor all around. And sticking out of it is a foot-by-foot blue crystal inside. I I take a photographical of this right away because she, she, the, the, her standing with her back and then the big rock man, like it's just like a, it belongs on the cover of a Dungeons and Dragons adventure or some publication. It's it's, it's snapped, done. Goes out and lights the whole area. Uh, beyond this, as the light flashes out, uh, beyond you see a small alcove into darkness that goes slightly downward. That would be this area to the right of you now. And beyond that, and you can smell it from a distance, a great pile of smelly brown something. Mm, great. <laughs> Feces, my favorite. Can you, do, you, do you have a spell to in interview? There, yeah, can you interview poop or is it just plants? Uh, no. It's just, I, well, I would pay are, for are an you, interview. Are you just asking me this? I don't have speak with poo as a spell. I wish you had speak with poo. That'd be amazing. I can animate items, though. I could probably turn it into Mr. Hanky or something like that. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> I want you to talk to him. I don't know why. <laughs> I was like, that's not what I I know for. why. I want to hear what Kyle's vocalization is for a piece of poo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> Greenkeeper, you're leading the way. We're all here in this, right? Ko's just in the shadows, but everybody is in this group in front of the, the yeah. stone man of some uh, 10 feet tall. Uh, Greenkeeper will grab the stone, put it in her bag of holding, and then keep going forward. Not re- to the poo, but to the, the dark area that's going downward. So you 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 clamber up the side, kind of putting a, a foot on the knee, and as you do, you reach down into the hole that was in its chest and pull out this blue crystal. And the crystal has a flat bottom to it and a jagged top. I think we might have found that first room's crystal. Is it? Uh, Where did uh, they find it, though? How, how do you get it out of the uh, out of? Uh, is it jam? It's like sealed in there, kind of, right? Like part of him. No, and in fact, um, in fact, particularly uh, of Raisin Bunch, with your passive investigation of twenty-two, you see the signs of battle all around this thing, and the many indentations of burns and weapon marks that meant that this was slain by one of the previous adventuring parties, a stone golem. Hmm, so it's already defeated. Hmm. Hmm. So what we have to de- de- what you have to defeat down here is stronger than the stone golem. It appears to be dead. Oh, I thought it was part of the old adventuring party. Oh, is that possible? Maybe they had one fighting with them. Yeah, I'm. I'm just Grinkeeper's dumb as rocks. Oh. <laughs> totally thought it was someone who was part of the party, and then got a crystal shoved into him and turned to stone and died or something. Um, if I had to guess, perhaps that crystal has something to do with the riddle at the beginning of the the dungeon. But do you, do you think so, Evelyn? Would be back here. What was the- Wouldn't you need it at the start? Well, perhaps this stone golem was the part of the original dungeon and something more stronger took over and it's just lying here now and everyone who enters in here dies. 
I assume we'll be next on the death list if we don't find a way out. We should take this crystal. I, I mean, sure, we could, we could die next. That's possible. Make sure it is not trapped. Check for traps. The She's already grabbed it and put it in her bag. Oh, shit. <laughs> so we're walking toward the hole going downward. Yeah, so Grinkeeper has been has climbed up the statue and is now going back to this recess here. Yeah, I forget that she's just all in. <laughs> it doesn't matter. There's no like waiting to see if there are traps. Just jam it in your bag. <laughs> she's dumb as rocks. Her wisdom and intelligence are not. <laughs> no, they're not good. Well, she's getting shit done. That's what matters. Hmm. <laughs> Well, um, I, I'm going to go approach the feces. All right. Dumbled Dwark of Raisin Bunch approaches the feces. Please move your tokens where they now are. Uh, grab yourself and locate yourself. I will, I will stroke my beard. And I will peer in and I'll, I'll take up the smell. All right. Do your nature check or perception or whatever you would like. Uh, Grinkeeper, Splunderbell, are you making any checks in the alcove you are now in? Um, hmm. I would do it. I would do it for perception. Thank you. Yeah, I'll do an. Oh, geez. I'll do an insight check. Uh, to see if I have any insight about anything we're seeing. Because I like insight and I have plus seven to it. Okay. So here goes. 17. I got a 20 on my poo, poo, um... Nat 20? Nat nature check. Okay, no, so... No, so, just a 20. Cool, so so insight is used to more decide what a creature's intentions are or predict someone's next move, see if somebody's lying or something like that. But all the same, you kind of look about this alcove and you can see bits of cloth and moss have been gathered up. And they're all sort of gathered in a in a circle, and it kind of strikes you that this looks kind of cozy. If you were a big something, you might you might take a nap in here. Yeah. Ooh. Well, that's ominous. That means whatever is here might be sleeping nearby. Um, I, I double dwarf. What'd you get? Twenty. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, go for it. Scott. No, I just said I was gonna. I'd, I'd inform everybody of my my sense of the place. Grinkeeper, it's a hole. You have no idea. Nothing to add to Splunderbelt's thoughts. Grinkeeper will nod, looking like she's got something going on up in her head, but there's nothing there, and then she'll walk out and start heading back so she can go right instead of left. Co, do you want to do anything? Yeah, Co's just watching these people flutter <laughs> around in the dark. He, I mean, I'm keeping my eyes open and senses open to see... You know, I'm kind of watching the rear. They're all being very loud and noticeable, so making sure nothing's sneaking up on them. Dumbledore of Raisin Bunch. Yes. It, it was a nature? Nature check, yes. All right. Mm. 20. Oh, 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 pungent. Oh, oh, carnivorous. But kind of a burnt smell to it, a sort of energy in the air. Hmm, Fresh? Quite. In fact, uh, as most creatures of, of any sort of intelligence do, and you would expect that as it has gathered all its 
bits in one corner. It's at least as smart as any beast would be. Uh, mm-hmm. This is its particular pile. As to not spread it up across its cavern. Yes, uh, some sentience there. But you said there was an energy to it? Uh, a sort of a sort of burn, a sort of a tinge in the air. Hmm, I'm not getting any magic hints, right? Not particularly. All right, well, I'm going to, all the same, I'm going to cast Detect Magic on the giant pile of poo. Okay. <laughs> like uh, you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Detect Magical Poo. Yep. So, you know, I will... Electum, tectum, detectum, and I will cast. <laughs> we don't know if it's actually poo it. yet, do we? We don't know if it's poo. We think it's we think it's poo, but I mean, we don't. It smells know. like poo, right? It's poo. It's shaped like poo. It, it's or, poo. It quacks like poo. Must. I mean, be you poo. can join him. Would, you're you're currently back in the comfy cave. Would you like to join him at the poo? Um. Yeah. You know what? My my poo curiosity as a cleric has peaked. I'm going to come out and look at the at the poo. Be here. Ah, all right. This thing played again. Sorry. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm going to come out there and uh, let me move my dude and be by the poo. Dumb dwarf of Raisin Bunch, you invade the fecal matter with your senses. <laughs> and you sense a small round, no bigger than a inch, mm-hmm. circular magical something just about an inch down if you're looking at the poo pile it's about five feet tall and at about the three foot mark there's a magical right. something and you can you, you know you know what's there if you just reach on in i sigh heavily take out a cigar strike a flint to a light it up and i start rolling up my sleeves just you know like Farmer style, just roll, unbutton the thing, roll them up. I take my hat off, I put it on top of my duffel bag, and I, you know, uh, Jeff Goldblum style. Is Jeff Gold? Is he the one that reaches in the poo in Jurassic no, Park? He, Sam Neill style. Just observes and offers commentary. Yeah, Sam Neill style. I just plunge my hand. Dern, right? Yeah, Laura Dern yeah, puts Laura Dern. her hand oh. in there, and she's like really into oh, it. And, look at me, yeah. a misogynist. Laura Dern style. I put my hand right down deep into the into the poo, looking for this uh, magical thing. Well, you and, and I'm puffing on my cigar as I do it, like <laughs> to cut the smell. Like I can smell cigar instead of poo. So you reach down and you grab a metal something. Feels like a maybe a bolt or a small circular object. Mm-hmm. Is you it pull it out? my hand? I pull it. Yeah, I mean, I test it first to see if there's, like, maybe it's not a trap and, like, you know, like, it doesn't have anything attached to it or anything. Like, it's okay. It's it's attached to something. It's wiggling like uh, like it's like it's around a, a hot dog or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's wiggling like it's around a hot dog. Oh, maybe it's a finger. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'll just take, I'll, I'll pull harder. <laughs> On the you, finger. <laughs> you, you pull the finger and a whole hand comes out with an arm and you hear a, hey, hey, hey don't do that. <laughs> oh, I want, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop immediately and I'll go, I'm, we got a live one here. About four inches up on the pile of poo, two eyes open up and, and the mouth moving kind of causes some to drop down. All right, I'll take my cigarette and I'm with my other hand, I'll take my cigar out of the mouth and I'll offer it to the mouth in there. <laughs> That's great. You might need this. You won't need to be real quiet. I ain't taking that. <laughs> Suit yourself. 
And the eyes look back. Nice to meet you. And I shake his hand inside the poo. No, 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 no. And he kind of slides his hand out of yours, leaving the residue, and descends it back and kind of gives it a wiggle so it descends in. And he looks between you and Splendor Belt. So this isn't sentient poo. It's clearly a man in the poo, right? There's a man in the poo. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Y'all. Y'all should get in here before it finds us. Uh, I, as he us. says that too, I'm like, I, I bring my photographical and take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get a shot of Pooh Man. Why not? Pooh Man Group. Uh, hello, I, I, I'm Dumbledore. He's a bunch of the Daily Quest newspaper or publication. Your photo's gonna be in the, in the newspaper, son. Congratulations. No, 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 no. This is this is the only place that's safe in here. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay right here. All right, I'll better leave or get in I'm here inci- quick. I'm inciting that. I want to see if if he speaks true. Okay, Grinkeeper, during this roll, you've headed off. Oh yeah, she's going down the right side instead of the left, and she's kind of humming to herself now. She's she's pretending to pay attention to where she's going, but you know nothing's really sticking. Twenty nine. On insight? Yeah. Damn. He's not lying. He wants you in the poo. Yeah. I'll turn, I'll turn to Crandall. I'll be like, I think it might be a good idea if we follow this man's suggestion. Perhaps we can ambush whatever it is that's in here. The Bahir. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Before sure. I cover sure, myself yeah. in poo, I would like to know why. Uh, can you say quickly why? Why do we need to be in the poo? Oh, it sounds like what's dangerous here. Oh, sorry. Would you like to speak, Mr. Poo yeah, Man? Poo what's man. your name, by the way? My name, they call me Iron Monkey. They call me Iron <laughs> Monkey. I'm a monk. And a monkey monk, you know. Uh, wow. Good at, good at the, the punches and the fisting, but uh, oh. now I'm hiding. Hiding now from the beast. Well, this beast man got has them a, all. This man has a good idea. We can ambush whatever it is from the poo. When he goes defecating, we can get him. Ah, uh, sure. In, in, the, in the shitter. But sure, we'll wait. We'll wait a long time. My friends will show up, too, in this pile eventually. I, uh, How often fish, does a poo? Uh, been here for one one drop in. I hid in it as soon as I saw it, and I I waited through the last movement. I um. You think he'll vision. be here soon? You think he'll be here? Yeah, yeah. If it's been eaten, is it, did he eat any of y'all's? No, uh, not, no, we haven't encountered it yet. Um, can you tell us uh, any hints you have to defeat it? It's uh, ain't got the best sight in the world. It's based on movement, but uh. God, it sees through the smell, and uh, in here I'm I'm invisible. Fantastic idea! And so I'll take the duffel bag and toss it near the poo, but not in it. And I'll have the cam- I'll, I want the camera to float somewhere where we can get a good shot, like maybe above the poo. But it's inanimate objects, so hopefully the monster doesn't detect it. And I'll um <clears throat> I'll start ta- I'll I'll put my hand out and I'll start taking globs of feces and I'll start rubbing it on my body. Just rubbing myself down. If we rub ourselves with the poo, if it detects my smell, a natural scent will not be detectable. Uh, this be, Cole, come here. You're the sneaky one. You should do this, too. Uh, he hollers across the, the cavern, not knowing where Ko is. You get just a mental message back. No, I'm good. I am also good. You go ahead. I'm just watching this. I am not covering myself in wait, poo. Wait, wait, before I get into the poo, I see nobody. Everyone's being like a princess here. Why? Why? Are you, I thought you were adventurers. Why? Why are you being so weak and scared of some feces? Uh, 
there, if there is no real reason to be covered in poo, I always, I always say don't. So mm. you'll find I, out I saw, for us. If there's good reason to be in poo, you will find out, and then we can do it. But right now... I take out my notepad, and I note the cowardice of the party. Perfect, perfect. And pause this for a moment. Co, have you, you communicated uh, tele- telep- telepathically? Have you moved? Uh, no, Co is still there because it gives him vision on everybody at the moment. Okay, Greenkeeper, you're walking around to that final passage yes. around the side. And as you turn the corner, even in your Greenkeeper-like perceptions, you hear a <laughs> great Greenkeeper. slopping. Greenkeeper gets excited and she'll yell back, Guys, I found it! You, the slopping immediately stops. I think it hurt me. Oh, all right. I'm going to back up. Here I come. What you thought was a stone nearby. Pardon me. I'm doing map stuff. What you thought was a stone nearby. You can see it a little bit there. Is actually a long tail. And it alights in electric blue and slithers around the corner. Hmm. Slithers. Slithers. Like a snake? Slithers? Yeah, it's Slytherin. Grinkeeper runs back over. Yeah, it's Slytherin. Runs right past Co, who goes undetected. You see Dumbledore of Raisin Bunch covered in poo. That's disgusting. (laughs) Why? Let's just throw off the scent. What? Uh, We create scents with our body, but if we cover ourselves with poo, a scent-oriented creature has has a hard time finding us. Like, dogs are scent-oriented. They see in the dimension of scent. Gosh. Oh. You best get in just, here. And then lady. I, I, t- I take the cigar that? and I offer a cigar puff to her just to. This will help endure the smell. Uh, oh, you sure this is a good idea? Yeah, it's a real good idea. Who are it's the only, you? Way, I, it's the only <laughs> way I've made it this far. What? Poo guys really. Uh, Listen, if, if we're going to move, we better, we better move. All right, I continue putting feces all over myself. Ah, oh, Greenkeeper will look at the cigar and she'll take, she'll smell it, big inhale, and then she'll put a finger in there. No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, football little all around right, the... All right, see, see her, see her trying, I'm going to help, I'm going to aid her, and I'll take big clumps and start oh, packing it on her armor and God. just putting the ar- poo on. God, oh, Oh, now I have a plan, Evelyn. I, I say that we lure it here by making noise, but hide in the poo, and then it'll have to go to the bathroom, and then we'll stab it in the butt. What do you think of that? I'll stab it in the face. You guys can stab it in the butt. Okay, well that's what the fight. That's the rogue specialty. Tell your friend Co that he should join us. You got the phone with him? I mean, you have phone. You tell him. I am not the leader of this party. I don't want to get involved in telling people what to do. I just think it's a good idea. Well, okay. impo- the important thing is you go ahead and poo. I am going to find Ko, and I walk away from this nightmare. All right, roll a perception check. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> this <is a> nightmare. <laughs> Grinkeeper, are you getting 16. in the pile? She will not get in the pile. That's a bridge too far in okay. terms of her pride. I, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get into the pile. Okay. Okay. 
<laughs> Dumbledore of Raisin Bunch climbs in the pile with Iron Monkey. Yeah, good. Stay real still now. Real good. Real good. Like that. Who are you? This, this reminds me of the Great Battle of Legs and Oh yeah, you we, had, we had to sit in shit for ten days. Ten days, huh? It's been four for me. I'm exhausted. It's okay. This this kind of thing will build your character in the long run. And stayed warm at least. It's warm in here. Yes. You're good. Yeah, yeah, you, you're the good one. You're the good one. Uh, do, are you hungry? Uh, and I, I make sure I, I sort of reach my hand back out to the duffel bag, grab a ration, and try not <laughs> to put any poo on it. <laughs> yeah, and I feed yeah. it to him. If he's been in there, I'll yeah. take my hand. Uh, and, he, and he angles back his head so the, the, the mass stays on his forehead. He kind of, ah, 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 and opens his mouth as you drop it in. We need, we need you energized for the fight. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll need that for the punches. Uh, Splendor Belt, you are looking for Ko. Roll your perception, or if you already did. I did, 16. 16? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, you you actually find him. You find Ko one-shot along the wall in the shadows by the golem. What's left of the stone golem? Okay. Um, I'll say, uh, and, Ko, I am here with you. <laughs> Trust me, there's a better place to be. That's all I'll say. So, wait, did he come up to me and start talking to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's walked right up to you. He's like a foot from you and just, you know, giving away your position. Yeah. Oh, is gonna just roll his eyes, annoyed that Splendor Belt saw him, and <laughs> immediately just kind of tear off and rehide himself. He's like a teenager in a himself. mall that doesn't want to be near his parents. <laughs> <laughs> That is what it's like. Uh, chat room says somebody needs to tell Iron Monkey that his friends are all dead. He's another 16. These stealth rolls are a nightmare. All the same. You you do do you do a tumble or do you do a, a uh, grapevine? Like how do you dislodge yourself from Splendor Belt's presence? Uh Co just it, it starts as a walk and then as soon as line of sight breaks, gets real low and then scampers <laughs> away. Perfect, perfect. Uh Splunderbelt Co has abandoned you, it seems. Great. But you are now located up by the remains of the golem. Grinkeeper, you have been smeared and you have decorated your face a bit. What do you do? Alright. She'll call out if everyone's ready, I'm going in. Lure it back here, I say. Is that cool with everyone? I don't... When you say going in, you mean... Uh, sh- I can't hear her because I'm way over there. Never mind. Or can I? I was slowly just... No, she's just yelling across around. the cavern. You can hear her. I'd say, uh, do you mean going in to... Going where? To get the monster. Oh, not into the poo. Uh, I'm not hiding in the poo. Oh. Okay, well, I'm going with you then. Poor Splendor Bell. He just wants company from people not in poop. <laughs> I want anybody who's <laughs> not in poop. Away from so are you not in poop? I'm with you. That's his <laughs> motto. <laughs> all right, all right. So Greenkeeper Splendor Belt head out to make the uh, make contact and bring it back here is the plan, correct? To bring it back to the poo pile. Yeah, to get some. Where, correct. We're gonna kite it. Where Iron Monkey and Dumbledore will wait. All right. So where do you guys go? Up into the. I guess I gotta follow her. You're in the right direction. It's up there, right? Yeah, Grinkeeper will lead Splendor Belt to where she saw the tail kind of disappear, and then she'll slowly come around the corner. All right. As you guys peer around the corner, both of you make perception checks. 
Oh, Lord. Nine. Gosh, my rolls you don't are see garbage. A thing. Well, then Grinkeeper is going to turn her dagger into a two handed sword and she's going to start smacking the walls. <laughs> the sword extends into the blade of Loran and she bang, bang, bangs on the wall. Nothing. Co, where you are, yeah. you see something emerge from the tunnel and start making its way around. Okay, I would send the uh, the psychic network message letting them know where it was coming from. Which would be? Uh, hey, it's... Uh, I just saw movement to the south uh, by where the pool with the body was. It's coming up one of the side caverns. All right, cool. Grinkeeper will think she totally forgot they had the mental thing going on. Uh, oh, Splinter Belt and I will start running for the dung pile. Splinter Belt, let's run for the dung pile. I don't know if my microphone was <laughs> off for that. Sorry. Well, I will follow you and run. Let's do it. Dung pile. The two of you run back to the dung pile. Grinkeeper's banging her sword along, or dragging her sword along the ground the whole way. It, it makes a very clear, almost musical as it goes across the the ground. Not quite physical, but not quite ethereal. The two of you run to the dung pile. You're there now. What do you do? Greenkeeper keeps making noise. Splendor Belt? I'm going to stand right over there, so I'm a little ways away from all the poopy people, and I'm not going to do much other than watch Grinkeeper for my cue. Go. Mm -hmm. You see the creature crawl on the ceiling over the water and make its way back. Okay, I would relay that again to them, Psychic Network style, and would... Uh, oh. <laughs> let them know the, the direction it's coming from. A head comes slithering around the corner. The Bahir is in sight. I reveal it now on the map. You can see it. At the very front is a long electric blue tongue and the mouth seems to crackle with lightning. Ooh. It has two little tiny horns on top of his head. It moves like a ferret does. If you mixed a ferret and a snake and gave a ferret six sets of crocodilian legs. It kind of shifts them all in one big uh, monitor lizard-like wiggle. And it moves its head around the corner and gives a... <sighs> as it looks. And it sees immediately Grinkeeper and Splunderbelt. Roll for initiative. Yes! Sorry, nice. I was excited. It's combat time. 13. For this, uh, Greenkeeper, you're not hiding, but you are pooish. Are you yes. Are you staying Poo perfectly still? Or are you banging currently? Uh, as soon as she sees the head, she'll stop banging and she'll grip the hilt with both hands and get into a battle stance. Okay. All right. So not being stealthy then. Ready to receive. Yes. She's not, like, flailing or anything, but she's ready to go. 
Cool, cool. So uh, for Dumbledore of Raisin Bunch, you may roll stealth with advantage. Okay, cool. Um, my initiative was 18, by the way. Okay. Stealth with advantage. Let me know those initiatives. Uh, uh, thir- 10 for 13 self. for me, yeah. Stealth. Five. I have an 18 for stealth, too. Perfect. Rolling for Iron Monkey. Oh, I should have pre-potted. Damn it. <laughs> I can I can give inspiration. I could have given people inspiration. The, with disadvantage, because you're covered in poop! Just kidding. No, no, I can still inspire from poop. <laughs> Pooh will not stop me from inspiring. No one's gonna. No, it does not. And players, Dumbledore of Raisin Bunch is up first with his eighteen. All right, so the um, creature is on his way down the hallway. Can I see it from where I am? Like even its shadow, like as a cool sort of thing. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to position the camera behind Evelyn Grinkeeper and um, Splendor Belt as well, just to get this nice shot of the heroes. <laughs> As sure. the creature walks down the hallway, and in so doing, uh, doing this as a because my camera's already animated, um, I'm going to as a bonus action inspire them by taking photographs of them. I can only do one of them, not both. The technically the rules. So, Evelyn, you now have a bardic inspiration die. It's a D8, so you can add it to an ability check, attack roll, and saving throw. In addition. To the Bardic Inspiration, you have a moat of inspiration, a blue glowing uh, magical sparkle that will also increase the benefit of whatever it is you try, uh, you try to do. So that you also have a, a glowing thing around you. Uh, and then, so that's my bonus action. Um, for my main action, I'm going to ready an action uh, to um, take a photo, another photograph. So should it, should it be near, nearby in the area, I will snap another photograph and use uh, uh, yeah it, it won't really result in any combat related things, but I'm going to be ready for, for for that. That's my turn. Awesome. Next up is the Bahir, who hisses and spirals down the cavern very much like a dragon might, along the walls <laughs> using its whole movement to do so. It makes it kind of unnerving and unpredictable where it ends up. But it lines its head around the corner as it slithers. It's midsection on the ceiling, its lower body on the floor, its tail across the ceiling again in this great spiral, long serpentine body. And it brings up its head for a breath attack. This is a line attack that's going to go across Grinkeeper and Splendor Belt. Make a dexterity saving throw, the both of you. And I can use a 1d8 for this. Uh, yeah, you got his bardic inspiration. Right? If you like to add a 1d8, uh, you can um, to your roll. And as well, um, if you use it for that, the mode of inspiration will consume and you'll gain temporary hit points equal to the amount rolled on the bardic inspiration die. Okay, cool. Uh, 13 we'll use for it me. for this. Okay. And remember to add to Scott. Um, oh, for my, uh, 15. Uh, aura. Right. So 15 and then a 22 for me. A 22 for... So Evelyn dives out of the way 
taking half damage, but the full brunt of it slams into Splinter Belt's chest, who's also wearing the metal armor, and it ricochets these lightnings, this lightning breath in a line across his entire body and burns his shape into the wall beyond. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's You're silhouette like, like Wild E. Coyote is there on the wall, Splinter Belt, behind you. You take mm. 66 points of lightning damage. Holy shit. I take a photo I take a photographical of this. <laughs> wow, he's not Green just, Keeper, wow. you yeah, wow. All right, go ahead. You take thirty-three points of damage as you dodge out of the way. That would have killed me. <laughs> as this as this lightning <laughs> issues forcing and crackles, its bottom neck kind of descends much like a frog might, and you see steam issuing out of holes along the side of its neck. It looks exhausted, like it can't do this for some amount of time again. It is now Splinterbelt's turn. All right. Lightning breath on cooldown. Splinterbelt is barely alive. What will he do? You hear a voice. Jump in the poo! Jump in the poo. Um, no, I'm not going to get in the poo. I refuse. Um, all right. Here's what I'll do. I'm going to need to... I need to heal some, so I'm going to do some healing. Um, I'm going to cast Cure Wounds <coughs> at level... 4... Uh, cast this on myself for a total of 27 points of healing. Awesome. Hook yourself up with some healing, and then you also have movement and bonus action. Ko, you're up next. Uh, I am going to move. Mm. Remind me this this gray circle up here. Uh, that big one there, that's the stone golem. I'm going to run up and be right behind it. <laughs> Cool. Like right there. Any bonus action? <laughs> no, um, I'll have my maces out. Maces with faces. Oh no! You know what I'm going to do? I'm sorry. I'll um, I'm going to f- do my spiritual weapon. Perfect. Let's the face him. mace of Paylor. Yep. Uh, one second. I there it is. Okay, cast it. Um, which means it can have a turn now, right? It can fight. Correct. It can fly to the Bahir's face. All right, for a hit. A natural one plus nine or eight, so nine. Good lord. It swings wildly against the wall. Ding, 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 and immediately takes its attention away. Okay. All right, well, that's my... That's the extent of my movement or my turn. Uh, you could run further if you wish since you are equipped with boots of speed. Um, <laughs> no, I'm all right. Nowhere to okay. run, really, so I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'll stay there. Co, you're up. Okay, I'm going to burn my movement and my action to dash my full 70 feet around this here pillar and come right up alongside the back of the creature. And then as a bonus action, I'm going to hide uh, and I'm going to hide with a stealth roll of 24. Excellent. Noted. Grinkeeper. That's my turn. Cool. Grinkeeper is going to cast Branding Smite. Uh, so now she's going to take an attack with her two-handed sword. For a 28 to hit. That's a hit. 
Cool. So the sword itself is going to do nine points of slashing damage. Okay. And Branding Smite will do 11 points of radiant damage. Fabulous. Second attack? Um, yes. Uh, attack deals. Cool. So now the Bahir emits dim light in a five-foot radius and can't become invisible until the spell ends. Very cool. I think she'll add the eight to this one. Was it already used? The D8? Okay. okay. The mode of inspiration would give extra... Uh, the target and each creature of choice you can see must succeed on a constitution saving throw or take thunder damage equal to the number on the bardic inspiration die. <clears throat> so if you used it, if you use the bardic inspiration, it'll do a lightning attack. Oh, cool. Uh, so I use it and I got a 7. So that means my attack is now a 21. Yeah, you add that. And then the creature rolls a constitution saving throw or takes seven thunder damage. Although okay. I guess it's immune to it. Is it or immune it to thunder like it's damage? Immune. No, thunder is a, is sound, sonic damage. Yeah, Lightning right. is electricity. <clears throat> okay, perfect. Seven, yeah. Perfect. Cool. It takes it. And so kind of a boom like this. happens. It's like a boom, but also there's a boom like that. There's a note that plays along the boom. Nice. Because it's music-y. Cool, and then 16 points of slashing damage, and she's targeting the part of the throat that's issuing out steam, or issued out steam. Excellent. Do you get another smite-based attack, or is that just for one attack per turn? It's, uh, after reading the text, it's your next attack, so it's, okay. I'm pretty sure it's just one attack, not both of them. Perfect, perfect. You did 43 points of damage that turn. Wow. Jeez, that's great. And you're... You cut into its throat and it hisses wildly its attention back on you. However, it is now Iron Monkey's turn, who goes, don't, 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 really quietly to himself. Back to Dumbledore of Raisin Bunch. Oh, no. Not useful at all. So one of the poo faces turns to the other poo face and goes, what do you mean don't? And I use my action to inquire what he's warning about. That's helpful. Not yet, not yet, yet, not yet, not yet. She was supposed to drag it back. We're not going to fight from here. We'd be in, in plain view. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to move. Okay. And, and then I'm, I'm just, so that's my action. I didn't really get good information out of this guy. Definitely not a hardened warrior. A bit of a wuss if he's getting this shake. Shook, shake if he's this shook, um, then I will also uh, send my photographical device to take a snapshot of uh, Krendel. Krendel, because I saw he took a lot of damage, <laughs> and um, I will take an action picture of him uh, and give him an inspiration die. That gives me Excellent. a d8 on whatever. Yeah, you get an extra d8 that you can use on an attack roll, mm-hmm. a saving throw, or an ability check, and you also get a mode of inspiration, so a blue little glowy thing appears around your head. Sweet. Like a, like a fly. Okay. The Bahir moves on top of Grinkeeper, pushing the pile aside slightly as it slithers around you, maintaining in that range. Of course, there's no opportunity attack as it goes around you like a great big snake. Do I it, get an opportunity attack as it moves out of my Yes, way? you do, actually. You would. Right. Do opportunity attacks, uh, if it doesn't know I'm there, still get the advantage roll on it? I would say yes. 
DM approved. Uh, it's uh, 21 to hit. That's a hit. That's a, uh, okay, seven initial psychic damage. And once per round, I can do the sneak attack. So I would think sneak attack would apply as well for an additional nine psychic. Hang on. I'm editing. Once per turn, not once per round. The round composes everyone's turn. Oh, once per turn. Yeah, it might so, be like multi-attack, because multi-attack's only on your turn. You can't do it with an opportunity. Oh, so I, so it's not my turn, so I wouldn't get it. So it would be that's seven. Right. Okay, that's fine. If that's I'll take what, my that's seven what, damage. It'll be my turn soon enough. That's fine. That's how it's written, yeah. The word here is uh, once per turn, not once per round. A round composes of everyone's turn, but considering any attack made outside your turn is going to burn your reaction, your hard cap is sneak attack twice per full round. I don't know what that means. Wait a minute. So does that, that, doesn't, that makes it sound like I could do sneak attack twice, once outside of, and once... Yeah, that's written weird. Deering. Oh my oh, goodness, man. this gets really complicated. It's tricky. Is that freaking uh, would you, Is this because of a feature allowing you to sneak attack more than once? No. Why don't we just Why don't we just say on my turn and we'll just do the seven for now? And if we find out no, otherwise, you, you're good. You're good. This, you're technically allowed to make two sneak attacks per round because it's during a turn. So yes, apply the damage. Okay. For me. Cool. Cool. That's awesome. All right. Uh, so that so, was sixteen total. Yeah. Perfect. So you you give its tail a ethereal psychic slice as it goes by, but it's entirely fixed on Grinkeeper that did that mass amount of damage earlier. It slithers around you, its body fullest encompassing you, and it gives a little (laughs) as it brings its head down for a bite attack on top of you. The attack is with a 23 versus your AC. Uh, Yeah, that hits. That might hit. The second, <laughs> as it as it bites you for twenty two points of damage, piercing, it constricts about you with a twenty versus AC. That's a hit. That's a hit. You are now squeezed inside of it, and you take seventeen points of damage. Oh, my lord, Grinkeeper's not looking too good. Uh oh, jeez. Instantly. Okay, so yeah, what um, you're you're looking very damaged at this point. Yes, and you are. How, it's the, uh, sorry, Dumbledore or not Dumbledore, um, Crandall Belt, or Crandall. Sorry, Crandall's wonderful. <laughs> yep. Crandall, uh, would you heal yourself that last turn? Like, are you still are you looking pretty rough too? Um, like, what's I'm my better, what's my POV? I'm okay enough. She's in worse shape than I am right now. Okay, all right. So my sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's no, good. My goal would be her at the moment. Uh, Grinkeeper, you are considered restrained inside. So you can look up what that means. Above you, the Bahir that bit you and is currently biting down unhooks its jaw with a and its great mouth opens up wide and it looks like it's about to engulf Grinkeeper whole. We are on to Ko's turn. Ko is going to step out from behind the wall so that he can see the creature. And he is going to manifest a spirit dagger and throw it at the creature. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Uh, oh, wait. It's not with advantage if it's just somebody flanking. So that's an 18 to hit on the first strike. Is a hit. Okay. It does get sneak attack. So that is... Six, 16 uh, uh, psychic damage from the first okay. strike. He throws a second psychic dagger out. Uh, with a 10 to hit... Let's psychically bolster that, because I don't think that's going to hit, right? A 10 to hit would miss. Uh, let's see if we can psychically bolster that real quick. Uh, would a 12 hit? A miss. Nope. Okay. So it's a miss across the board. And he will then, uh, having thrown his daggers, duck back behind cover behind this wall. Grinkeeper. The beast is above you. You're in its coils restrained. Uh, okay, well, she needs to heal herself, so she will use her full lay on hands to heal. How many points do you dispense into yourself? 45. 45. Grinkeeper glows and heals for 45. I take the photographical. Any bonus actions? So if it says a creature, that includes myself, right? Correct. Okay, she's going to cast Sanctuary on herself. And until the spell ends, any creature who targets Grinkeeper with an attack or a harmful spell must first make a wisdom saving throw. Yeah. Okay. Baby, baby <laughs> agreed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of reinforcement coming to this move. Power play, supported by many. Yep. Excellent. Sanctuary. Uh, on a failed save, the creature must choose a new target or lose the attacker spell. Cool. What's, uh, what's my role I have to beat? It's a wisdom 14. 14. Got it. Okay. May come up. Let's see what happens. Iron Monkey goes, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm gonna, and jumps out of the poo, and he's got these two brawler mitts on, along with the ring he was wearing earlier, and he goes, unleashes a fury of blows into the side of the creature. I kind of like Iron Monkey. Yeah, he's all right. He hits, he hits with one, and as he does, he goes, and lays his fist into it. Three misses, just woo, woo, woo. But one hits, and he really hams it up. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. He, he deals 12 points of damage. I took a photo of this, too. Oh, good. Double Dwarf of Raisin Bunch, you were up. <clears throat> All right, I will uh, go and take an action shot of Ko, who's Wait, also... Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, for my bonus action, I will inspire uh, Ko. You now have a uh, Bardic Inspiration die, as well as a um, Moat of Inspiration that triggers when you use said thing. I'm just going to do a quick check-in, make sure... Uh, I don't know how many of these... Oh, yeah, I've used all three. Okay, boom, boom, boom. So all three dies are now used, and I will uh, continue observing the battle from the poo. Splunderbelt. We missed uh, your turn, but you were behind a rock anyway. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Plus, you know, it was all going to be that kind of stuff from both characters. So it's all good. Um, let's uh, let's cast Warding Bond. Ooh. Um, but to do it, I got to touch the creature. So uh, that creature is Grinkeeper. I'm going to 
run out here, uh, touch her, and perform this. This gives uh, her, as a willing creature, um, well, it creates a mystic connection between us and uh, goes until the thing ends, which is an hour. Uh, Let's see. While the target is within 60 feet of you, you gain, she will gain plus one bonus to AC and saving throws, uh, and it has resistance to all damage. So when it says resistance, I don't know what that means. That means half damage. Half damage. Okay. Um, Also, each time it takes damage, you take the same amount of damage. So I'm putting myself in a bit of a squeeze here, but it's fine. Okay, so you basically split the damage. She takes half, you're taking... Yeah, so it's full damage, but spread across two people. Awesome. You have two choices here. There's her foot kind of... There's her feet kind of sticking out of the bottom of the constrict, at uh, the bottom of the snake-like creature, yeah. or you could jump on top of the creature's side and touch her on the shoulders or head. Um, oh, man. What I was thinking is, since I've only used about half my dist- or half my movement, or no, not even that, like a quarter of my movement, right? Because of the boots, if I wanted to go further. Well, it doesn't matter. My goal is to touch her and get the H out of there and get within 60 feet. Cool. So you run up and touch your toe, basically. Yeah, and then peel out of there and go back to <laughs> <laughs> like like you're doing ladders at freaking uh, football yeah. camp or something. Run up, touch, and... go back to all the way. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I picture. <laughs> and she is now. We are now connected with the warding bond. Uh, for my bonus action, not my bon- not my bonus action, but the I guess it is my bonus action. My sword will now attempt another hit. Um, let me give you this. Okay, I, I'm going to use my bardic inspiration because that was bad. Because uh, I haven't used it yet. So let's see. D8. Okay, so that's a 14. That's not going to hit. Is Would it? be a miss, but you still get some benefits, right? Yeah. Oh. How does that um, sorry, use the yeah. You would get the so you use it for an attack or for attack what? Attack roll. roll. Sorry, yeah, attack roll. Um, let me just have a quick look here. Uh, this is uh, the bardic inspiration. No target in each creature of your choice can see with it must succeed on it. Yeah, so it's you still get the um, it's a saving throw only. It doesn't matter if you hit or not. So you can still get the thunder damage. DC is fifteen. Oh, so wait. Well, the creature has to make the saving throw, not you. But only if you hit, right? Or do I do it anyway? No, you do it anyway. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I got a 22. Damn it. All right, well, with either right. way. Sword's useless. All right. <laughs> and we are to the Bahir's turn, who, with his unhinged d- jaw, brings it down on Grinkeeper. Bahir. With a t- 29. Oh my, wisdom. oh, my wisdom. Correct. Oh, I got an 8. Whoa. <gasps> yeah. So that means I can't attack you? Uh, the creature must choose a new target or lose the attack or spell. Oh, no, Iron Monkey, no. All right, it brings <laughs> around a bite attack on Iron Monkey then with a 29. Oh, jeez. Oh, that oh, oh, oh. poo so didn't help you in the punches. end. Yeah, now you're just poo-flavored victim. Iron Monkey, oh, with his arm <laughs> into the side of it, it, it goes... <laughs> It brings up its head, kind of like a shield of force stopping it, and it snacks that head over and kind of slithers its arm around and bites off Iron Monkey's whole arm. As he... (laughs) (laughs) Is he now armless monkey, not an Iron Monkey? I take a a picture of this. I want to make sure I take a picture as the arm's getting ripped off and the, the Tarantino spray of blood flies out. Nice. 
and hopefully the catch his face like this. <gasps> Co, it's your turn. All right, we're going to repeat last time. Co uh, steps out, throws a blade. Ooh, that's a, that's a one. That's very bad. That's bad. It's terrible. You're, because worse? of your angle here, you're, you'd have to be extremely good to hit Grinkeeper or Iron Monkey, so you hit the wall just straight up right next to you. Ding! Yeah, that's a that's a that's gonna be a miss. So we'll throw the offhand one. I, there's no sense in even using the inspirations on it. That was just a terrible throw. Um, all right, let's throw the other one. Okay, making up for it, uh, a twenty-seven to hit. All right, jeez, a hit, and that's going to be eight plus. Eight plus twenty-six, so that's uh, that's what thirty-four psychic damage on the off throw. We made up for right, it, everybody. We made up for it. <laughs> and and then Co will step back behind the wall. Very brave. Perfect. Co delivers a big blow as a big <laughs> goes out as the Bahir swallows Iron Monkey's whole arm. Grinkeeper, it's your turn. All right. How would I fight being restrained? Uh, you are currently restrained. A creature has disadvantage on dexterity saving throws. Your escape DC is is 16. So you can either... Strength it? Strength your way out and push it aside, or you can escape as in like a wiggle through the bottom, which would be dexed. No, oh, this is going to be a strength. So straight strength or saving throw? I'm not sure. Be here. Hang on. <laughs> Thanks. In case, in case anybody forgot what it's, we're dealing with. We're fighting today. a Behir. I like I like Behir in uh, Deep Space Nine. Yeah, Dr. Yeah. Behir. Oh, man. He was great. That's great. Yeah, working with those Cardassians and whatnot. Palling around with Miles O'Brien. Good old Dr. Bahir. Could never get a girl. <laughs> well, that's not true. He was with Dax for a long time. Never mind. Was he? I don't remember. Didn't he didn't I he think always, he always have, wanted to be with Dax? He always had a crush on her, and then finally one day she was like, Oh yeah. It's considered we, a check. Oh, there mm. you go. Maybe. It's been a while. Now. It's been a while too for me. Kind of in the mood. It was a 10. 10? Is there any bonuses on you right now from anybody? I don't think so. And even if it was, it wouldn't be strong enough to beat the 16. Okay, any bonus actions you want to take? No, her spell's still active for a minute. Cool. So is, is Evelyn still in the mouth, or was she dropped? She has not been dropped. She's still in the coil, but it could the not break means. the sanctuary spell to attack her, so it attacked Iron Monkey instead. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Iron Monkey, whose attacks are reduced by half, but is found himself brave, <laughs> makes another fury of blows. He misses with all of them. As he does so, he grabs the edge of his arm and ah, and descends himself in a straight fall back into the poop pile. 
It's where he's most at home. Dumbledore of Raisin Bunch. Mm. So my, what's my POV on this? How's the monster? Like, uh, oh, just to briefly, the monster health. Does he still look like he's kicking, raring to go? Um, how am I part? Like, because I'm, I'm trying not to help because I'm reporting. Getting involved is kind of crossing a, lot, a professional line here. Uh, you know, I can take photographicals, but I've, which I'm going to continue to do essentially. Sure. You, so Grinkeeper has failed to escape from the monster's clutches, but a magical sort of holy shield is protecting her from being swallowed whole at the moment. Ko seems to be jumping around the corner once going, ha, ha, and then jumping back in. And Slenderbelt is healing like he's playing touch football. <laughs> mm. so it doesn't, doesn't look too good, does it? It's a little rough. The beast is pretty, pretty beaten up. Uh, its neck is still distended. So it's not able to lightning breath quite yet. Okay, but the lightning breath is coming back. All right, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue doing my job. Sometimes, sometimes when you cover adventures, they die, and that's just how it goes. So, turn. Fair. Fair and true. Cool. So, what do you do for your turn? Take more pictures. Yeah, more pictures. I'm taking. All more right. pi- I mean, I'll like increase my dodge. I'll take the dodge action in the poo and hunker down. But like. I'm taking pictures, you know, the photograph, the camera's floating around. I'm taking pictures. All right, Splendor Belt, it's your turn. Okay. Um, All right. So can I do my sword thing first and get it out of the way? Sure. Go for it. All right. So. Jeez. A 13. I know that doesn't hit. No, that's a miss. Yeah. Boy, that thing's been a real winner for me. It's really worked out having that. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, can you, Kristen, can you remind me how much damage you just took? Um, I was down to four hit points and back up to 49. Okay. All right. I'm going to do a cheapy this time uh, as I'm trying to keep this ward up so I'm going to cast Sacred Flame uh, you need to make a deck 16 saving throw okay I got a 1 sweet I like hearing that uh, that would be 9 points of damage it's not huge but it's something for my turn a Sacred Flame descends down on the Bahir it's Bahir turn it turns its head back over Grinkeeper and must make a wisdom saving throw. It got a 12. Miss. Nice. Or Iron Monkey. <laughs> Every time. He's back in the poop now, though. Yeah, he's back in the poop. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'd have to make a perception to see him, which we fail. And the beard doesn't have to attack. It can choose to just not attack. That's true, but it desperately wants to eat its prey, which is Greenkeeper, that it still has in its clutches. However, it can't continue the attack. There is a camera flying about, and there's also a Splendor Belt. Maintaining my constrict, it begins to crawl after Splendor Belt and bring Greenkeeper with it. Uh-oh. I take a picture. Splendor Belt? It is in your melee range, but it was not able to attack as it tried other things during its turn. Okay. Ko, your turn. All right. Ko is going to uh, give chase a little bit and follow up behind. 
and going to throw more psychic blades at the beast for a 24 to hit. Hit. Is a seven plus twenty. That's twenty-seven on the first strike. Nice. And the second strike is going to be a twenty-four as well. So we'll follow that up with an additional eight. You deal thirty-five points of damage to the creature. It's looking rough. It's looking weathered, but it still wants its prize. And this time, Code does not duck back behind anything. He'll stay out in the open. Greenkeeper, it's your turn. All right, she's going to try and break free. Okay. With a 24. You push the creature off of you. You break its hold, and its snake body slithers and uncoils to the ground near you. Sweet, that was my action, so she's going to stay close to the tail, readying her next attack. All right. And you stay inside the coil, but not exactly squeezed anymore. It's Iron Monkey's turn. He hides in the poo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Good idea. Dumbledore of Raisin Bunch. (laughs) Bring it. What do you got? (laughs) Dumbledore. All right, um... So, I mean, they're doing great. I'm just gonna keep taking pictures. I'm like, I could totally come in and help in a super awesome way. I'm, it's killing Bo to not be participating right now. Um, but I'm here to report. I gotta, I can't have an ego about this. Okay, all right. Pictures continue to flash. Ching, 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 ching. It is Splendorbelt's turn. The beast is over you. Well, my bonus action will be to be annoyed that the reporter uh, won't hop in and help. Uh, but not at Bo. <laughs> your bonus I'm not. I'm not. I'm not annoyed at Bo. I'm annoyed at the freaking little monkey that won't won't do anything. Um, well, look, it'll it'll take it'll take away from your glory if I say that the reporter had to jump in and help you, you guys. Come yeah. on, yeah, but there's story for us. Yeah, unless we better. die, and then there's no story because you'll die because you'll be the oh, only one. adventurers. You would have died anyways if I wasn't here. I think it's a real. This is a good study in like war journalism. I think there's nothing wrong with this. This is a good ex- exploration for us. All right, uh, I'm going to. Uh, uh, I'm going to try to up my chances here since I've been having such a hard time with this and I'm going to cast on myself um, whoops, where'd it go? Spells uh, Guidance and Guidance will give me a uh, d4 to use in my hit, which I'm about to do for my sword again so here comes the sword again it's, a, it's an action to do Guidance, oh for your uh, for your summoned weapon for my summoned weapon Okay. All right, so here we go. Come on. Actually, I got a 24. Nice, a hit. I didn't need guidance after all. Fantastic. Here's uh, my damage. Needed to believe in yourself. 17 points of... uh, What would it be? It's a mace, so bludgeoning. Oh, my goodness. So the mace... Oof. Oof. Banging on walls, making an absolute fool of itself, but all of a sudden the mace wises up, knows it's time, and with the guidance of Paylor, slams into its throat. The head of the Bahir hits the ceiling, breaks its horns, and as it falls and slithers, 
it starts collapsing right towards Grinkeeper. I take a photographical. <laughs> yeah. Grinkeeper at the center of the beast. It's collapsing on top of you. What do you do? She's going to try and jump out of the, the thing. Dexterity saving throw. An 11. Whoa. The do beast. I have time to act before it hits? Sure. What do you want to do? I want to run as fast as I can. I'm fast. My yeah. run speed's very good. Yeah. Run in, grab Grinkeeper, and use my cloak to teleport us out of the way of the falling creature. Ooh, very cool. Nice. Let's do a, a dexterity. Let's do your jump. Let's let's see that mirthful leap. The mirthful leap. Okay. Yeah, what is that? Hold on. Uh, where is my mirthful leap? Uh, D8 is what I roll for it. I got a four. So that would be an additional four feet to whatever my natural jump is. Which we'll do off of an athletics check. Or there's a calculation. <laughs> it's like okay. your strength modifier as if you're standing in place. So yeah, my mirthful leaps actually does nothing for me. I'm really garbage jumping. So as the creature begins to collapse down in its death throes on top of Grinkeeper, it's not all that awesome. But Ko does run up, kind of belly flop on the side of the giant snake body and stick out his hands and manage to grab Grinkeeper's arm. Much like waking dad in, in his bed on Saturday morning, <laughs> you have leapt atop her slightly, and you use that grab to teleport her out. It's clumsy, but it does the job. And I take a photographical of this. The Bahir collapses. <laughs> and oozes out acid sparkling with lightning that kind of jumps across it like little spiders. I step out of the poo. I, cl- I climb out of the poo and I go <laughs> and spit out a chunk. Ew. Gross. A, ch- a chunk. <laughs> and that's where oh. we end for the day. <laughs> With you spitting out a chunk of poo. <laughs> I'm so sad that I didn't get to participate. I had the coolest move planned, but it just did not make sense for me to jump in and upstage you guys. During the credits here, as they roll by, the many pictures that Dumbledore of Raisin Bunch (laughs) took over the day slowly fade in and fade out. Some of them even kind of scroll slightly by like an automated uh, Apple presentation. Just going ever so slightly. The embarrassments, the excitement, the victories. On your way out, you use the crystal, put it on top of the platform. It resonates with the metal plate and the door opens so you all may escape from Dungeon C4. Be here. Excellent. Oh, That's and what... who, what's, why is Cassius not uh, working at the guild anymore? Someone well, that's for you bonded. to write, and we will read it in the publications <laughs> of the Daily Quest. That's right. It's all coming up next time. 
on There Will Be Dungeons. Well done, everybody. That was awesome. Totally fun fight. And uh, I love how it ended. Uh, That's going to do it for us. Thank you all for joining us. If you would like to support this endeavor, you can do it by becoming a Dungeons Plus member at therewillbedungeons.com. You can go read all about it, find out what you get. We're, in fact, going to record a bonus show that a bunch of you are going to get today, Uh, but not if you're not a supporter. So head on over, check it out, read about it, and decide if it's for you. That's therewillbedungeons.com. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Kyle, for John, for Kristen, for Baby Chunks, uh, for Bo, and the other baby Hi. that John brought with him. They're all here. We don't have a nickname, though, for the for the new baby. We need a nickname. No, John. we don't have you, a... You going to work on that? You going to get us something? <laughs> how about, how about um, Mr. Moss? Mr. Mr. Moss? <laughs> Patch of I don't think I want to call my baby Patch of Moss. <laughs> Patch of right. Moss, yeah. That's we'll, right. we'll keep brainstorming. Because Kristen yeah. and Kyle were totally like, yes, Chunks, that's what we're calling keep, our kid. Uh, keep, <laughs> keep, hey, uh, Kyle had no say in what he was being named. That's right. Uh, well, just keep keep workshopping that. We'll get back to it. That's going to do it. Thank you all for listening and watching. And we'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.